Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Yeah, just checking my notes and things, seeing what's, uh, what's going on today. Um, unfortunately, Brianna won't uh, make it today. She's busy doing stuff. Um, and so uh, as people all seem to be able to do, or all, all can do. Whoop, hang on. Chair. Ah. She got adjusted before the show. I try to. Ah, there we go. Um, anyway, so uh, it's too bad. I really enjoy my conversations with Brianna. She's easily one of the smartest people on the show. Um, it, you know, not the smartest person on the show, uh, which is which is wonderful because she's a teenager. And so it's just fabulous to have somebody, you know, young as she is, uh, as brilliant as she is on the show. I really appreciate having her on. So it, it's kind of cool. All right. So we're going to get her next week. Um, but uh, there's other projects with things in the works that uh, we're working on, uh, which is quite fascinating. So hopefully getting a whole bunch of other young folks. Uh, working with Action Radio. That's one of our behind-the-scenes kind of projects. There's there's so much that goes on in the show that you don't see or hear until it actually comes out because I can't. I can't tell you everything. Uh, I don't want to tell you all the things that didn't work. <laughs> you know, who cares what doesn't work, right? Uh, so you want to hear about the things that do work. And one of the things that is working uh, is our amazing ability to attract national guests to the show, uh, considering we're not the, the, the biggest show on the block yet. We will be, but we're not yet. And one of those folks is Ed Dowd. And Ed is very interesting. He's the one that wrote the, the book Causes Unknown. And he's a, he's a number cruncher. He's a, he's a numbers guy. He looks like a numbers guy. <laughs> you, know, you ever see him on with uh, Tucker Carlson? And so they had a big special on fairly recently. Uh, I think it was called Sudden Death. And it's talking about all of the, the, uh, the, the actuarials, the, uh, the, the morticians, the insurance companies, the people that really told the truth on COVID, on the, on the vaccine, non-vaccine deaths, uh, were the morticians and the insurance companies. Because they're the ones that deal with real numbers. They have to. They have to be able to charge a rate that gets them a profit when really things happen to people, you know, like death. (laughs) Where does it go? You know, how much worse does it get? I mean, we all all get there eventually. But, you know, the the, the thing is that uh, uh, prematurely, it's a problem. It's a problem because your life is less than it could have been. It's a problem because the national productivity, you know, your, your lack of work, your lack of participation, your lack of uh, family and maybe making more family, you know, all these different things um, uh, sort of all play into this. Anyway, so the government is, I think their, their predisposition is to lie. And uh, the, they have an entire, it's basically an industry of lies. The whole thing is built on lies. You know, the bureaucrats are, are lying, you know, the regulations, they lie what the regulations do, they lie about their power, they lie about everybody else. And, and the entire, I should, you know, my first article on Washington was the nation of government, um, talking about how Washington is actually D.C. Washington, D.C. is its own country now. Uh, it is a sovereign nation uh, that has a bunch of colonies known as Indiana, Arkansas, you know, Washington, Hawaii, you know, California, Michigan, you know, Oklahoma. You know, all these, are, these are all the colonies of the nation of government in Washington, D.C., because they basically reversed the Constitution, uh, taking powers they're never supposed to have, and the states let them get away with it. And this is a bunch of nonsense. What's going to happen today in New York is an absolute travesty. Now, Trump's arrogant. I mean, he's, he's just, uh, you know, if you want to get Trump, you go for his ego. I, you know, I dare you to come to New York or you, you know, you have to come to New York and answer these charges. What he should say is these aren't charges. This is fantasy land. You're just making stuff up. I'm not going to go to New York when you're making stuff up. No, screw you. I'm going to stay here in Florida. So I came up with an idea. I might write an article on this, too, uh, calling it the Mar-a-Lago Constitutional Zone. So Mar-a-Lago 
I love writing articles now. I'm having so much fun doing this. Constitutional Zone. And this sort of piggybacks on something I wrote um, a few days ago. Zone. There you go. Z or Z. (laughs) My Canadian days would have been Z, but now it's a Z. So Constitution Zone, that's a place where the Constitution uh, applies. States in New York can't go there because they have no, relation, no relationship with the Constitution to law, justice, you know, oath of office. You know, they have nothing sacred in New York. They, they just don't care. And so what Trump should do, not only not go to New York, but uh, uh, Governor DeSantis should set up a Constitution Zone around Mar-a-Lago. And I was thinking a 10-mile uh, Florida National Guard uh, with the no-fly zone on top. And so it's a no-pass zone, and then a no-fly zone on top. And Trump can say, yeah, I'm going to stay here. Of course, he can leave any time. He doesn't have to. But if he ever wants to go someplace and get away from uh, New York and the feds and everybody else that's uh, trying to stop him from running in 2024, uh, he has his constitution zone. And, and so no fed and no New York and no, no other official uh, could go there, even Florida officials that want to go after him. Now, it's a, so in other words, the constitution, which should apply nationwide, really is going to be applied uh, in the constitution zone around Mar-a-Lago. And so if you call it that, then that means well, what's New York become? Well, New York becomes an unconstitution zone, which is what it is. <laughs> it's, it's a lawless, uh, basically a, a dictatorship of, of the leftist powerful who will do anything. I mean, the arrogance is the same arrogance that they had at Twitter. The arrogance of, of uh, taking, you know, President Trump off Twitter by some minion, by some twiddly, by some nothing, nobody, uh, all of which were, I think, international on H1 visas. And they all came here. They, they brought in people who had no relationship to the Constitution, no concept of freedom, no basis in liberty, no stake in this country. And I don't even know if they're even citizens. Probably not. Well, especially if they came on an H1 visa. But they had people that were just arrogant enough to think that, hey, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're so powerful, you can take out the president. Yeah, you can uh, take him off Twitter, you know, and uh, whatever they're told. Uh, you know, it's a bad accent. I don't know why I dropped to the default German. I'm, Germany, I'm sorry. I really am. We have a lot of listeners in Germany. And it's really interesting um, because, was it Goethe, one of the great German philosophers, said Germans individually are magnificent people, which is true. Uh, look at Beethoven, you know, a bunch of other folks I can think of too. Um, but as a country, <laughs> they have problems. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's just like Russia, same thing. You know, as, as a nation, they get pretty tyrannical from czars to communist leaders. I mean, come on, give me a break, right? Um, but, uh, but as a people, you know, Russians are fabulous. And I, when I lived in San Francisco, there's a, there's a huge Russian community in San Francisco. So you can't blame, you know, the people in their government uh, if that government was basically imposed upon them in ways they never thought was going to happen. In other words, are Americans responsible for our government being stolen? No, because their vote was stolen. So am I responsible for, for Brandon? No, but I am responsible for doing everything I can to stop him. And that's what the show is about, because he is not an elected president. He is a usurped dictator thrown in there because he's a total moron uh, in his declining years, his declining mental capacity, which makes him actually believe all the lies he's spewing. That's why he can do it. He says, oh, this is the greatest economy. We're, we're creating jobs. You know, we're going to be we're going to move to a clean energy. Well, uh, sorry, petroleum's clean. It breaks down to carbon dioxide and water. Doesn't get much cleaner than that. Yeah, some other stuff thrown in, and we can take care of that. That's what catalytic converters are for. Basically, the environmentalists were right in the 70s. They won in the 90s, and they should shut the hell up now <laughs> because you're done. Your work's done. Go home. Go away. Just go away. Leave us alone. Let's get back to our freedom. Um, so anyway, so somewhere along the way, this, um, this, this idea of white supremacy uh, came up. And, and uh, of course, you know, as soon as I hear that, I'm thinking, well, I'm a white person. Supreme. Who am I supreme over? Let me see. I'm an immigrant. I'm off the boat. I have no extended family in this country. I have no power. I have no uh, trust fund, no corporate 
you know, path to follow. I have nobody, um, you know, who, cause I'm, I'm, I'm like new, you know, my folks are divorced and they've actually passed on. Um, so it's me, <laughs> you know, uh, there's, there's nobody paving the way for me. There's no, you know, none of those things that I guess they assume people who don't have these things assume white people have. I mean, there's a lot of black and Hispanic and Asian and, you know, all kinds of other folks that, that do have extended families and do have pathways and do have doctors and lawyers in the family and, you know, in a lot better position than me. And then they have far more, quote, if that's what you call privilege than I do. I call it just uh, common sense. That's what you do for your family. That's why you have families, you know, to build up uh, and, and create pathways and make things easier for the next generation. Being kind of a pioneer off the boat, you know, it's up to me to uh, make my own way, which is, I don't have any problem doing that. I just don't want to be blamed for things that happened, you know, several hundred years ago uh, by a very small percentage of the population of people who happen to have uh, a, a similar skin color. And that's just insane. But that's what's happening. But we're living in an insane time. We're living in a, in a time of no logic, no reason, uh, and simply power. And so the way you fight this is not by playing by the rules. The way you fight this is, is playing dirtier than they do, you know, and, and doing things that are creative and inspiring uh, that look really good and make the other side look really bad. In other words, you set up a constitution zone around Mar-a-Lago and you tell New York to go pound sand. And you say, look, your charges are bogus. We're not going to do this. In fact, what, you should, what they should do is arrest um, the DA. What's his name, Alan? Like I said, I'm still waiting for Simon and Theodore. So I'd be playing that. Uh, if I were Trump, I would be playing you know, on his website you know, the, 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 the chipmunks. <laughs> okay? So you play the chipmunks. And, and when the guy says, Alvin, show a picture of Alvin Bragg, you know, the, uh, the DA in Manhattan. You know, and have him, uh, you know, doing a chipmunk voice. I mean, that's what political satire is all about, right? Anyway, so um, I, I guess you can't say anything against him because, you know, he's black, therefore protected, so he can't say anything wrong. And if you say anything against him, you're a racist. Well, that's a bunch of nonsense. This guy's as corrupt as they come. He's a Soros-funded, corrupt leftist DA whose sole job it is is to stop Trump from uh, uh, either running for president or make his life as difficult as possible to do what they've always done, you know, delay, distract take him away from his mission of getting the issues out and going to rallies. And that's really what this is all about. Stopping his, his issues from getting out there and stopping the rallies. You know, the gag order? Oh, please give me a break. Now, what's funny about the gag order is Trump, you know, can use this to his advantage. And so he may not be able to talk about his case, but he can talk about anything else and then say, well, I'd like to tell you about the case, but I can't. You know, so he can tell you all about the things he can't tell you about. He said, well, I can't tell you about, you know, so, so this is, here's an interesting ploy, right? So what if Trump says, well, I can't tell you about the, the, uh, the corrupt DA because I, you know, I have a gag order. So I can't tell you what a horrible person he is because that would be against my gag order. I can't tell you, you know, and they said, look, I'm not telling anybody anything. I'm just telling you what I can't tell you because I've got a gag order. I mean, that, that, that's how I do it, just because I, I want to tweak the, you know, the, the bear's nose as much as possible. Um, you know, tweak, tweak Karl Marx's nose and say, hey, you know, guess what? I don't care. You know, and this is why the Constitution Zone is so important, so that no matter what happens, no matter what Trump says, if New York tries to actually physically arrest him, he says, look, I'm going back to, I'm going back to my Constitution Zone. Come, you know, uh, forget it. It ain't happening. Now, does that look like he's running away? Uh, you could say that. You could say that that's, that's kind of what's going on. But quite frankly, um, he needs a place where he can go and not have to worry about uh, the state of New York you know, uh, making him a political prisoner. Because that's what this is. This is is about making Trump a political prisoner. Let's be honest. Let's talk about what's going on. All right. So how does that apply to white supremacy? Well, back, uh, I don't even know, I forgot where I even started this this conversation. So let me start at the beginning. So so this idea, again, that that, that, uh, white people, you know, think about being white all day long. I'm sorry, I'm a white person. I don't think about being white all day long. The only time I ever think about it is when I have to do shows like this. (laughs) Where I have to talk about, 
white privilege or white supremacy. Oh, I'm sorry, it was white privilege, right? So the so-called white privilege, uh, it really, a lot of people, you know, if, if that's what you think of as privilege, then you got a, you got a problem, uh, unless you just feel like, you know, you're a permanent victim of it. That, uh, you know, wishful thinking, gee, I wish I, or envy, in other words, uh, political envy. I wish I had the political power they did. Or, or financial envy. I wish I had the money they did. And rather than go out and earn it yourself, you want to take it through government. Okay, so that's tyranny. And and so the so-called privilege, I, you know, gee, it'd be nice if I had some. I, I don't know what it's like. I don't want to do with it anyway. I'm, I'm kind of used to being independent. So at least being independent, I don't owe anybody anything. You know, what do you owe if you have a trust fund? What do you owe? You know, if the family is full of lawyers, you have to be a lawyer. Uh, actually, I wanted to go to law school. I couldn't afford the student loans. I mean, it's kind of ironic, actually, when you think about it, that uh, the biggest reason I didn't go to law school uh, is because of student loans. So <laughs> had I known, there were, I wouldn't have to pay them. I might have taken them out. <laughs> you know? But I actually did the responsible thing. That's okay. I think in the long run, I'm better for it. Um, because, you know, do you think like a lawyer, Greg? No, thank God. I think like me, uh, which I think is much more uh, fascinating and, and opens up a lot more possibilities than if I had to think like a lawyer. No offense, Jonathan. <laughs> Who's our legal reporter here? All right. So, so uh, let's go from white privilege to white supremacy. So here's what they're trying to tell you. What they, being the left, being the Marxists, being the totalitarians, being the government absolutists, being anybody that, that believes in tyranny, believes in control, believes that rights come from government, believes there is no God, believes that they are your family, believes that uh, the military needs to go, the police need to go, tyranny, you know, anarchy, tyranny uses anarchy to control, you know, liberty. I mean, that, that's kind of how it works, right? Tyranny plus anarchy equals slavery. <laughs> you know, so those two combine. So when the both sides of the political spectrum combine, uh, you got a problem. That's why they need to be kept apart, but with you know, kind of like liberty, you know, about uh, about the three quarter mark uh, towards uh, towards anarchy, because liberty is closer to anarchy than it is to tyranny. Far closer. It doesn't take a lot of laws to maintain order. It really doesn't. So if you want to have a have a society that is simple enough for liberty to flourish, all you need are laws that protect life, um, property, and uh, rights. That's basically it. Anything beyond protecting life, property, and rights uh, slides down the road to tyranny because now you get into control. What, what more do you need to do in law than protect life, property, and rights? That's it. Unless somebody else says something. Hey, Marco. Marco's checking in from the Netherlands, so he's on uh, he's lent with my with my whole uh, definition here. So anyway, so this this, this idea of uh, so what the left wants to convince you is that if you're a so they have to divide people up, you know. So everybody divides up everybody else. Everybody you know everybody picks on somebody. You know, some lesser, you look at any country, they've already got somebody or any area, there's always somebody they pick on. Look at school. They, they pick on some kid that's, that's awkward or overweight or something like that and make him the victim. Everybody picks on him because everybody else picks on them. And then it's okay. You know, it's a group thing. So, so in this country, what they're trying to do uh, is, is demonize white people. And in fact, leftist white people are, are in on this. And the fact they hate their whiteness so much, they, they, they feel ashamed every time they uh, get out of bed in the morning. Oh, damn, I'm still white, you know. I'm sorry, leftist. That's the way it goes. You're born that way. Get over it. But they think that if they somehow become ethnic or if they somehow, um, I don't know, just, uh, you know, bow to the to the the, the Marxist uh, left, quote, people of color, whatever that is, um, then they're going to be OK. Then they, they get absolution and, and then they can uh, you know carry forth. So they perpetrated this idea. And I think it's mostly leftist uh, white uh, folks, because this is where this this kind of nonsense tends to come from. Um, have said that if you are, are white, you have privilege. And if you have privilege, you know, you think of yourself as supreme. And it's an interesting thought. Let's go back to slavery for a second. So as I think about slavery, slavery was from Africa. 
uh, it was created in Africa, you know, of either sub-Saharan or Saharan. You know, I think the Egyptians had slaves. I think the Greeks had slaves. The Romans had slaves. You know, slavery was pretty much the norm throughout the world for thousands of years. Uh, it was an economic system. Uh, did people think of, the, of their slaves as subhuman? Um, probably. Did they think of them as property? Absolutely. So in other words, t- it, there was a time in our world history where the trading of people as a commodity was the same as trading camels, you know, tents, um, gold, you know, shekels, <laughs> whatever currency you have, you know, uh, silk, um, you know, spices, uh, tea, <laughs> you know, East India tea company, all the things that were traded throughout the world, you know, one of the commodities was people. And people were a commodity of slaves. So whereas industrial machines, this is why the Industrial Revolution is so interesting, they basically replaced slaves with slave machines. And I never thought about it until until just now. But you think about it, that what really stopped slavery worldwide uh, as an economic, not as a humanitarian, because obviously humanitarian, it sucks. All right. It sucks to be a slave. It's actually worse to be in a company town. and, And we can talk about that, too, because slaves were never in debt. Uh, in fact, slaves had nothing, uh, so they had nothing to lose. But if you're in a company town, you're actually in debt to the people you work for. So the more you work for them, the more in debt you become. So you actually you can't leave because you're in debt. And they tried to follow you, know, you to say, hey, wait a minute, you work for us. Now you owe us you know, X amount of dollars because you bought more at the store than your wages would pay. <laughs> you know? uh, and that's a whole other story. So are the things worse than slavery? Actually, yes, <laughs> you know, when you think about it. Um, but uh, you can't tell that to the left because they think, oh, slavery is the worst possible thing as they try and enslave everybody. So it's like, you know, uh, it's projection. Slavery is the worst possible thing in the world, so we're going to make everybody slaves. I mean, that's what the left says. Slaves to the government, slaves to uh, uh, the economy, the producers, the fascist combination of, of uh, you know, uh, corporate and government entities. So anyway, so this idea that they're trying to perpetuate is that white people, by being white, think of themselves as supreme. Well, I think uh, in a way, you know, Barack Obama said something that a lot of people objected to. It's actually one of the few truthful things he actually said that made sense. And what he said was that, uh, you know, other countries of the world think of themselves as exceptional, too. You know, he said Greeks probably think that Greece is exceptional and uh, the British probably think Britain is, is, is exceptional. And uh, since Marcos is on the line, I'm sure, you know, the Dutch think that uh, the Netherlands is exceptional. Everybody likes to think their own country is special. Why not? I, you know, I do. And I, I'm basically from three countries, Canada, Australia, and the United States, and they're all special in different ways. Now, they've all lost their way. <laughs> they've all become, you know, Marxists, uh, and, and we need to fix that. That's why I'm glad this is an international show. But but the point is that uh, there's no reason why Canadians can't think Canada is special. Japanese can't think Japan is special. You know, Indonesians can't think Indonesia is special. Uh, and he actually was right on that. And I know the thing about Obama, uh, you know, having grown up in a couple of different countries, you know, the United States, Indonesia, and places like that. Um, oh, it's interesting. Marco says America first, the Netherlands second. That's interesting. I'll have to, uh, we'll get some more explanation on that. So is it America or the ideals of America? In other words, is it our founding principles, the Declaration of Independence, uh, or is it, uh, is it America as a place to live because, you know, we've got the coolest stuff right now? See, that's the question. Anyway, back to, back to the idea of white supremacy. So what they're trying to tell you is that because you are a white person, you need to feel guilty. You're an oppressor. Uh, in fact, they're telling you what you believe, which, of course, is always nonsense. Nobody can tell you what you believe. Only you can, because only you believe it. You And this is the thing that government can never do. Government can torture you, kill you. They can take your stuff. They can lock you up. They can do all kinds of things to you, but they can never actually force you to believe something. They can try and persuade you heavily. Yeah, they can break your arm if you don't you know, comply, but they can't force it. They cannot get inside your head yet uh, and make you believe something. 
So if you don't believe that there's such a thing as white privilege, as I don't, if you don't believe, I mean, certain people have more advantages than others, sure, but that's different. That's completely different. You know, but the idea that because somebody is white, you know, especially these days, that they have privilege over other people is nonsense when you have affirmative action. Affirmative action proves that there's actually black and, you know, Hispanic and Asian supremacy. I mean, not the Asian folks, because they get discriminated against, too. But the point is, as soon as you have affirmative action, as soon as you have extra contracts for women, as soon as you have minority scholarships, as soon as you have uh, grants, you know, based on skin color or, or some other category, you know, that, that's where the supremacy is. So what you really have is leftist government supremacy against everybody except white people, especially white men. So white men have the least supremacy in the society. So to try and convince white guys that we're supreme is laughable. It's really funny. So you tell me I'm supreme to somebody that has affirmative action that got my job <laughs> that I was more qualified for? Oh, please, give me a break. You know, and like I say, I've, I've told the story of when I was 16 years old and I went to try and work out at my local airport. And this is in Massachusetts. And affirmative action had just come in. And the airport manager looks at me perfectly straight in the face and I'm sorry, I can't hire you. I have to hire black kids. And you're white. I said, what? <laughs> Because it never registered, it never dawned on me. I said, you're, you're white. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, well, it means I have to hire black kids. Well, why? <laughs> you know, this is how naive I was, right? And I, I came to this country not knowing that, uh, that everybody's classified by skin color. Oh, I found out. I mean, I, I wasn't completely naive at this point. But I, I'm like, as far as jobs go, this is my first experience at being told I couldn't have a job because I was a white person. And then some minority person will say, well, you don't know what it's like to be discriminated against. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I know exactly what it's like. Uh, I, I just got discriminated against. Um, in fact, it's a, it happens all the time. I'll tell you, I'm not going to give the name of the company. Uh, I'm not going to give you all the details, but uh, uh, I'm trying to find a lawyer uh, to sue this competition. This is a, this is a media competition. All right? and I wasn't going to go into this, but I might as well right now because I, I think it's very illustrative of what's going on. Of, of the, 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 the people that they're told, that everybody's being told have supremacy, don't. And so this company put a, con- put a, a contest out there. It was open to everybody. You filled out an application, and there were prizes, 20000 I think the ultimate prize was $50,000. We're talking, you know, a good chunk of change here, decent amount of money. And what they were looking for was new emerging media companies. Uh, there was a category for a top creator. That's the one I went for. They've been giving away too much information. You can probably find them. Uh, they had different categories. They had, like, three different categories. The, the most creative is the one I went for. And, uh, and then I, I noticed on this thing, they had something called, uh, then they had, like, their equity page. They said 51% equity. So I said, equity? What the hell is this? So I, I'm reading this. I still applied for the, the competition. Well, to cut to the chase, I didn't make the finalist. And here's why. Uh, I believe I have the most creative show on the planet. Nobody, and I do mean this because I've looked, nobody has a citizen legislature attached to uh, a worldwide internet radio show. Nobody does. We do. We are the most creative independent show in the world today, doing things that nobody's even thought of doing. So you would think that, you know, winning a competition for most creative would be easy. <laughs> no, not in America, not in woke America, not, not in, in white suppression in America, uh, especially white male suppression in America, because here's what happened. Uh, so, so anyway, so they, they bragged about having what they called 51% equity. So in other words, the finalists had, and the judges too, you know, had to be 51% uh, minority LGBTQ. So in other words, anybody but white males, <laughs> you know, uh, were guaranteed more than half of the judgeships and the, um, and the winners of the competition. Well, where does that leave me? So I still thought, okay, well, you know, it's completely unfair. It's rigged, um, but they still have 49%, you know, possibly. So, so just under half, where they might actually judge me, you know, most creative, which was to me a no-brainer because the show is the most creative. Um, but guess what? I didn't make the finals. 
Well, who did? Well, groups that were black, LGBTQ, uh, climate change, uh, uh, immigrant, you know, which I am actually, you know, segmented leftist audience. So the only people who won this competition were leftists. Well, that's not fair. Okay, that's, I don't even think that's legal. So I'm trying to find a lawyer that, to take my case. Anybody who's a lawyer, you want to text in here, you know, get on live chat, get me after the show, greg at writeyourlaws.com. Uh, I, need a, I, you know, I, want to, I want to sue these bastards because <laughs> you, know, you, can't, you can't let people get away with this kind of nonsense. And yet, uh, you know, I've, I've asked around already, but uh, yeah, no one seems to want to take up the case you know, so for whatever reason. So I need a good lawyer. I need to, in fact, I'm going to look for legal foundations uh, because this is crazy. And so the suppression, white suppression, it's with, white male suppression is huge in this country right now. It's not talked about. So, so the reality is there is white male suppression. The, uh, the, the fantasy is that, you know, all white people are white supremacists that believe that, you know, by virtue of skin color, people are superior. Now, anybody that, that, that knows me or knows anybody that I know, you know, all the folks we talk to, and, you know, look at the show. The show, do, do, you think, do you think I care, you know, what you are to get on the show? We have young folks, we have old folks, we have black folks, white folks, Hispanic, Asian. We have Jewish, we have Christian. Uh, we need more Muslims, so why don't you Muslims call in? <laughs> we just do. You know, and we need, we need more folks in foreign countries. We've got uh, Marco in the Netherlands, but we need more people texting in on live chat. And I don't care. I don't care the, the criteria. You want to talk on the show? Go ahead. I've had, I've had Nazis, Bert. You know, I've had radical socialists. We, you know, we had uh, one caller for a long time who changed her name, you know, accused me of everything you can imagine. I still welcome on the show and, until she got boring <laughs> and started repeating herself and refused to engage me in conversation. That will get you kicked off the show. If you refuse to actually engage with me with the arguments I'm making then, and you're just repeating talking points, then you just become a propagandist and I get bored. So it's like, okay, you know, so much for that. All right. So that's, that's what the fantasy. So the fantasy white supremacist is someone that uh, looks at their arm and goes, huh. That makes me superior. That color, that particular pigment of skin makes me superior to everybody else. Well, unless you think with your skin color, which I don't think people do. I think that's why we have brains, you know, and, uh, you know, unless you think with your skin color, if that's where your brains are, then you've got a whole different definition of humanity than I do. Okay. And so skin color is a result of what? Melanin, a particular pigment. So do you think that a pigment is what makes, you know, someone superior to somebody else? It's a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> anyway, but that's not what they're trying to tell you. So, so uh, this, this white uh, supremacy crap works two ways. One, uh, it, it's designed to put down uh, people that actually do a lot of work, you know, white men. You, you look at most of the inventions, okay, sorry, to say, but it's true. Most of the inventions come from white guys with crazy ideas. It, it's just true. You look throughout history, you look throughout this country, you know, uh, you, you look at uh, like the big Asian industrial powers, Japan, Korea, things like that. Uh, did they have a lot of Nobel Prize winners? No, because they're not very inventive. You know, you look at uh, how many were the great uh, Nobel Prize winners in inventions from Africa, from South America, from Russia, from China. You don't find them. These are not creative cultures. Where the, what's the most creative culture? The United States. Where was Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs? White guys in a garage in the United States, you know, South San Francisco. You look at the light bulb, Thomas Edison, white guy. You know, and so, so part of the, of the so-called supremacy is the idea that white guys work hard and do stuff. So you take the white guys out of society, you're going to be in really tough shape. And we did a whole show on that. I'm going to in the I'll get to him in just a minute. But what it really comes down to, and uh, this is something I started with Jonathan yesterday. I mentioned briefly, and I thought it was worth you know, elaborating on a whole lot more. What it really comes down to is that the left despises the energy and the, uh, the optimism and the burning desire for freedom that really started with 
British white guys. That's the white supremacy that they're so against. They're against what they're really against is freedom. And what they're saying is that freedom is white. Freedom is white supremacy. Liberty is white supremacy. And yet, if you go through our founding documents, you will never find color mentioned anywhere. Um, I know Pianchi did correctly point out there were things for slavery. But again, I think, I think of slavery as an economic system. Was it a horrible condition for humanity? Of course it was. But primarily, it was an economic system. It was free labor. And Pianchi, the point I made earlier, I wanted, I'm, I'm curious to get your response on this in just a second, that the free labor of slaves was replaced by the free labor, labor of machines. You don't have to pay a machine to work. All you have to do is build it and, and feed it fuel, fuel steam, uh, gasoline, diesel, electricity, whatever it is. So a machine just needs fuel. A machine will keep working as long as it's powered. So it really, so, so slavery, you know, I believe the Industrial Revolution would have killed slavery because machines are cheaper than people as an economic system. And that would be an interesting study. I might look around and see if I can find that. Uh, but that, that would be interesting to go. Let's bring in Priyanka, and then we'll talk about uh, the whole idea of white supremacy is, is, is really based on, on a hatred of freedom. Pianchi, I don't know how much you listened before you, you called in, but uh, where are you and, and what do you think so far? Very interesting point of view. Pretty accurate. I have, well, to, give you. You, uh, I have to give you a, a B plus on that. Oh, okay, good. Well, I'll, I'll see if I can work harder. <laughs> teach, teach me more. <laughs> anyway, but no, think about that. If our machines not free labor? And that the more uh, industry can replace people with machines, the lower their costs become. You look at uh, uh, the fast food places that are, that are using artificial intelligence to take people out of the equation and have machines. Would slavery have existed? So let's say there were no laws against slavery. There was no civil war. Um, there was just the economics, just the simple economics of slavery versus machines. Would slavery have survived the Industrial Revolution? Now that I think about it, I just thought well, of that. Not in the United States. I don't think so. Not in the United States. Yeah, not the United States, probably. And, you know, slaves were paid also. There was a case when they were paid. You know, the word slave is used here different than it is in other other places in the world. It mm-hmm. has a negative connotation here. In other places, it don't. In some places, uh, like in uh, the, well, let's say, what's now Ghana, mm-hmm. uh, you had different forms of slavery. You had ponds. You had agriculturists, you had uh, servants, you had uh, warriors, I guess you can say. Uh, the pawn was, a, I owed you money, and I had a, a son, I give you my son, let you work him until the debt that I owe you would be worked off. So well, that's not an indentured servant. Things. Uh, that's that's a contract. That's an indentured servant. I think of that as a voluntary thing. It's it's horrible, you know, indentured servitude. People use that to come to this country. They they'd uh, get free passage here and they'd work for seven years. Then they get their freedom. Uh, that's different well, than you being call it indentured servant here, but they didn't they didn't call it an indentured servant there. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense, so the different views. But as an economic system, when you say slaves get paid, in many ways, slaves do get paid because a slave does not have to buy themselves a house. A slave doesn't have to buy their food. You know, you look at normal society, we have to pay for things. And I always compare it to a company town. Company town is a worse form of existence than slavery because in a company town, not only do you have to work for a tyrannical company with horrible working conditions where if you die, they simply replace you with another worker, whereas replacing a slave costs money. It doesn't cost anything to replace a worker in a company town. They pay you in scrip. 
they pay you in, uh, uh, in, in uh, redeemable credit at the company store. But the company store charges you more than it costs to live in the, the, the company town. So people perpetually get further and further in debt. See, a slave had no debt. So when people say slavery is the worst system on earth, is it really? Have you looked at the company town? Fortunately, it didn't last very long, but there was a while, you know, where Americans were actually emerging in debt. Now, they ran away. I don't think they paid their debts because it was, it was criminal what these companies were doing. But you let some companies run absolutely wild, and they'll create a system far worse than slavery. Pianchi. Oh, yeah, that's the way uh, mankind, humankind, even in the ant world, ants have slaves. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's common. You know, look at bees that have drones. Males have one function, you know, fertilize the queen, then they die. <laughs> Doesn't seem like much of an existence to me. It's kind of sexist, actually. But so let's, let's, let's get back to humanity here. So let me ask you the question again. Do you think that slavery as an economic – oh, yeah, I think we asked that – would have died uh, at the time of the Industrial Revolution, which really pretty much was, was starting uh, when the Civil War was going on because we already had trains. So where was what was the state of slavery well, at that as an economic system at the start of the Civil War? I'm just curious. Well, you had uh, slaves that was used to do medial and laborious work, clearing hmm. forests and draining causeways—not causeways, but ditches—and mm-hmm. for agriculture. Uh, you still have uh, that type of agriculture in China today. It's not mechanized. Mm-hmm. The reason why it's not mechanized, I guess they want to make sure they have something for a lot of people to do that don't have anything to do. Well, you look at a terraced rice paddy, for example. This is a good example. So you take a rice paddy, which has stair steps. Uh, it's self-irrigating. So as it rains, rain fills up the first level and then you know drops down to the second and drops down. I think it's like 30, 40 different steps you know, of this terrace uh, of self-irrigating rice paddies, you know, and so there's a system that uh, works on its own. It doesn't need mechanization or auto. It's already, it's already set to work. It's quite interesting, actually. All right. So let's get back to this whole idea of, of supremacy. So what I was leading was that the left is trying to tell everybody, especially white guys, that, uh, that supremacy is that because of our white skin, my white skin, uh, I automatically feel superior to everybody else, which I've always said is a bunch of nonsense. But that's not really what white supremacy is. And as I was starting to explain with uh, Jonathan, who was here yesterday, Dr. Peter Pry, one of my favorite people ever, uh, even though he, we disagreed you know, rather frequently on the show, Dr. Peter Pry uh, was an expert in electromagnetic pulse, nuclear weapons. He was CIA. He was Armed Services Committee in Congress. He was an advisor. He was Center for uh, Strategic Policy. Guy was a genius. And he really liked being on our show. So for pretty much all of our, of our four years before he died last August, um, he come on. And one of the comments he made one day, which is fascinating, he says, white supremacy is not what you think. And what he said was that what the left objects to is not white people. It's the ideas that certain white guys came up with. That being from Magna Carta um, to Cromwell with Parliament to limiting the powers of government, that freedom, that liberty, that individual rights are the paramount of existence, that you cannot reach your potential unless you have freedom. Freedom is for the individual. Liberty is for the society. And that's the difference between freedom and liberty. So you have to have personal freedom first. Otherwise, you don't have liberty. But once you have personal freedom, and everybody has personal freedom, that, 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 you, that universal personal freedom translates to liberty for a society, for a country, uh, for, for whatever specific area that you're talking about. 
So, so Europe doesn't have liberty because they have a European Union and they have oppressive governments and they have monarchies and a bunch of other stuff. The British are still subjects. They're not even citizens of their own country. They're subjects. But you can't call yourself, you can't have liberty if you're a subject. And yet the British are the place where most of our founders came from. The other place they came from is Germany. It's kind of interesting. You know, we were one vote in Congress away from speaking German as our national language, which is, which is kind of, uh, I, I'm kind of glad we spoke English. So I'm, I'm used to English. You know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to think if I have to, uh, to learn German. But there's a lot of German patriots who came here. You know, Pennsylvania Dutch. Marco, if you look at the history of Pennsylvania Dutch, I don't know if they were Dutch or German. I'm, I'm not sure of that history. But a lot of folks from Europe, the Puritans, people who wanted religious freedom, they left a system of tyranny and a monarchy and feudalism and whatever, and city states and warrior states and things like that, and they came here. So the, the indigenous folks, you know, the Native Americans, American Indians, uh, had a different concept, completely different concept. This is why we talked to Chief Dan Skyhurst all the time, as much as I can get him on the show. Uh, there was uh, a, you know, a fabulous culture, but it was not based on individual rights. So individual rights is a, is a, is a Western, white, mostly male concept. You know, you don't, you didn't see, I mean, women marched in the streets for the vote, but that was long after the vote had been established for everybody. Yeah. I think, so Marco just says, I think those are actually Germans. I think so too. So I, I don't know if there's a prejudice against uh, calling Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Dutch, Pennsylvania, Germans, you know, cause we have a, we have a, a large, I mean, German, Germany, I think is either British is the largest, you know, ethnic group of white folks. I think Germany is second. Look at Eisenhower. You know, here's a guy, Dwight D. Eisenhower. It's a German name, right? So you get, so you get a German named general, you know, leading D-Day against Germany. It's kind of interesting how these things work out. Um, you know, it's like our Japanese-American regiment that uh, fought in Europe. Um, anyway, so that, I, I digress. But that's back to the main point here. The main point being that what the left objects to, they're saying one thing, but they're meaning another. They're saying that white people, that white supremacy is based on white people feeling supreme to everybody else. No. What really is happening, what they're really against is the idea of freedom and liberty applying to everybody. And this is why the left is so dangerous, because they will lie and say anything. Marco's giving me all kinds of websites, which I really can't look up during the show because my computer gets mad. So what I do is I copy them and I uh, paste them to my show notes and I, I look at them uh, after the show. So Marco, don't think they go to waste when you send me a website. I just, unfortunately, the limits of, there are some limits of technology still, uh, and I can always repeat it uh, tomorrow and take it up. But uh, Pianchi, um, the supremacy of freedom over tyranny is what these people object to, but they can't say that. They can't say we object to Magna Carta. We object to, you know, the idea of a republic. We object to representation of the people. We object to a bill of rights. They can't say that, but that's what they mean. So they call it white supremacy. That's how Larry Elder, a black guy, can it be a white supremacist? It's not that he's white. They're not saying that. They're saying that he believes what the original folks that brought freedom to the world uh, believe, which is individual liberty, which is uh, a, you know, a bill of rights that the government can't touch certain things that you do, that you are free from government. The government cannot have complete control over your life, that the people that want to control you, there is a bar, there is a wall, there is a place that they cannot go. And that place that they cannot go is called individual rights. They cannot stop your right of free speech. Now, let's be clear. <laughs> when they say, well, there are reasonable restrictions on rights and the state may have a compelling interest, that's a bunch of BS. Okay? There is no limit on the right of free speech. However, there are laws against certain things that you might say. Okay? So let's be really clear like, that we're preserving. 
Go ahead. You know where I'm going with this, Like right? Nancy Pelosi said, Trump needs to prove he's innocent. That kind of mentality. Well, she can say that. That's not. That's not. That's not what I would call uh, something that's a, that's, that's breaking the law for her to say. In that. the United it's States, you're innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about laws that say that you cannot uh, publicly threaten a public. You cannot threaten a public official. Okay, you cannot threaten the president. Okay, so the freedom to speech, freedom of speech, is a right. Now, the right is absolute. Everybody has an absolute right to speak. However, once you have spoken, what you have said may have consequences, but you still have the right to say it. However. In other words, keep and bear arms is an absolute right. We have an absolute right to keep and bear arms. And the reason it's absolute is because you might need those arms for self-defense, a legal purpose, instantly. That's why you have to be able to carry arms at all times. However, are there legal uses of firearms and illegal uses of firearms? Absolutely. And that's why the laws, the statutory laws, govern the use. That's why there are no laws that can affect the right of free speech, only speech once it has been spoken. Same thing with anything else, religious practice. Does that mean you can go kill a bunch of chickens and in some kind of ritual sacrifice? I don't think so. You know, uh, that'd be an interesting debate sometime. Uh, we should have that uh, on voodoo. You know, is animal sac- is that, well, it's part of my religion. Well, it's not part of the chicken's religion. <laughs> so I think the right kind of ends when you want to do that. Um, that'd be an interesting debate sometime. But the, but the idea that the rights are absolute, however, once people act, the actions of people are not. And the actions of people are governed by statutory law as long as the statutory law does not impinge or infringe upon the right. And that's what I think people miss. So what the Marxists really object to, what the tyrannical totalitarians object to, is the idea that we have individual rights, that there is a place that the government cannot go, that we, we are sovereign citizens to ourselves, that our rights do not come from government, they come from God. We are born as a human being, as part of our human condition, with unalienable rights. It's not inalienable, folks. It's unalienable. U-N-alienable. <laughs> you spell it for yourself. Okay? So that's what the left objects to. So when they say white supremacy, they can't say what we're really against is the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, uh, individual rights in general. They can't say that because that would make them look like tyrants. So they are. So they say white supremacy. We're against white premises, which really means we're against freedom. And once you realize that, once you understand that, everything else they do makes sense. That's how you know, a bunch of black folks can be white supremacists because it's not what they look like that matters. It's what they think. This is an ideological war. This is a war for the, the hearts and minds and the souls of people to be free versus those who want to control. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what it's all about. Bianchi? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Thank you. Marco in the, in the Netherlands, what do you think? <laughs> Give him type in a message too. Today he can't call us. I really love to talk to him. All right. Anyway, so we got some time. Just like going to join us. Uh huh. Yeah. Go ahead. Like you said, you you basically talking about individuals within mm-hmm. uh, populations, and that's the way it is in every ethnic group. Within those populations of those ethnic groups, you have individuals that just rise up in mm-hmm. certain areas when they're just very very good in those areas. Uh, well, look see, at the Germans. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, tell me. Germans and their metals that they uh, perfected, stoop steel and so on and so on and so on. So they were just good in that. Uh, look at your Vikings, uh, their ability to navigate the North Sea. Uh, they was good at that. We have Polynesians that, that went all across the Pacific, you know, in reed boats. Look <laughs> How at did the they Kenyans do that? And, you know, 
You yeah. get your Kenyans and your Ethiopians when it comes down to uh, long distance uh, competition, running competition. Yeah, Kenyans uh, always win. <laughs> all, all, the, all the marathons we had in San Francisco, the Kenyans always won. It was just like, you know, so it was always the joke. Which Kenyans are going to be the first, you know, six places? <laughs> it's just kind of funny, actually. But, yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah. You know, and the leftists come up with rules. Yeah, leftists uh-huh. comes up with rules, like in New York uh, Marathon, that no matter if a Kenyan came in first or second, they wouldn't get first or second prize money. It would have to go to an American. Well, that's BS. Why was that? Bunch of racists? You have to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and see, this is the thing. People that don't like competition, you know, they want to kind of water it down. And, and, and so, yeah, that's a whole other topic. But let's talk about the supremacy of freedom. Why, why is it that these people are devoting their whole lives, you know, to taking away freedom? It's unfortunate. I wrote a, an article a while back called If There Were No Left. And it's on Substack. You know, it's an article I wrote several years ago that without a left, we wouldn't have all the problems we have. You look at any problem we have today, you can trace it back to the left. You can trace it back to Democrats. You can trace it back, you know, right, right, right to that, uh, that, that whole ideology that the left had never come to the United States. If there were no progressives, we wouldn't have a Federal Reserve. We wouldn't have massive taxes. We wouldn't have a massive government. We wouldn't have a national debt. We wouldn't have gun control. We wouldn't have illegal aliens. We wouldn't have a government education system. We wouldn't have Social Security. It would have been privatized. You know, we wouldn't have all, most of the problems we have in society are caused by the left. They are a tyrannical force. They need to be politically stamped out. They need to be unelected. They need to be removed from power. And since they steal elections, I, I wouldn't uh, have a problem stealing them back, you know, until we can get back to honest elections uh, for everybody. But as long as the left is stealing elections and putting Brandon in the White House and taking away all our, all our rights, our, our, uh, the benefits of citizenship, there was a, let me, Pianca, this is, I was going to get to an article, but I'm going to get to it later. There was something I was watching on One American News this morning. Uh, apparently, Washington, D.C. wants to make it uh, okay for illegal aliens to vote. And this guy comes on, and he's from some group... Uh, um, you know, righteous Americans for whatever. And he says, well, uh, illegal aliens can't vote because that would water down the American vote. And Americans have a right to be governed by American citizens. That's what it says in the Constitution. Well, that's very true. But my argument is illegal aliens can't vote because they can't be here. <laughs> you know, but he didn't say that. He never acknowledged the fact that illegal, illegal aliens can't be here. And how many times do I have to say, that uh, the illegal aliens can't have any rights, can't do anything because they can't be here. And you can't have rights in a place that you can't be in because you obviously can't exercise them because you can't be here. So why are we even arguing about the rights of illegal aliens or the ability of illegal aliens to vote when the simple fact is they can't be here legally? They don't exist. They're not here. So you certainly can't give them voting status or status, any other kind of status or benefits or anything else or a place to live or a car or a bank account. You name it. Illegal aliens legally aren't here. So why do they have anything at all? So, so why are they still occupying space in our country? That's like using them for slaves, slaves to go to the pole. Well, it's an interesting thing that I, I wrote about this, and I think we talked about it previously, uh, the brain drain and the resource drain. All these countries that are losing all these people, you know, I mean, El Salvador, I think, was, was, was kind of hurting because everybody was leaving. So they actually created a situation which is much better in El Salvador. And a lot of El Salvadorians came back. It's like, hey, this is great. We can work here. We can work in our country. Why would we, you know, the reason people leave is either they're the laziest asses and they want free stuff um, or they actually, they actually do want a better opportunity. But if they want a better opportunity, you can come here legally. <laughs> so I don't worry about the people that come here legally. 
the people that come here illegally are not the people that we want, obviously, because they're, they're criminals by nature. Anyway, so uh, let me let me get to an article I, I found here on um, you know, American Thinker. Go there. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. You know, you we've talked about Nobel Peace Laureates. You know, you got the what six areas now: the physics, chemistry, physiology, um, medicine, literature, peace. I think they added added economics uh, later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of those Nobel Peace Prizes uh, laureates are white, except mm-hmm. Obama, and he what? was being considered for a prize even before he became in the capacity of president. Yeah, so that was a political prize, so that doesn't gonna... count. Yeah, he didn't earn that, so that's that's not a legitimate Nobel Prize. Now, the well, ones you, I know is to show you that there was a uh-huh. plan. There was a plan, a deviant plan that was in the making. I think. Of course. But, you, but Nobel Prize is fascinating. And in fact, I remember reading an article that there are very few Japanese Nobel Prize winners, for, existence, for example. I think it was by a Japanese author. Uh, said because their culture is not based on individual creativity. See, part of, part of individual rights also encompasses individual creativity. It's not an accident. The airplane, the light bulb, the computer, the television, um, a lot of things were invented here. And I think the, the automobile, this dispute whether it was British or German, I, th- I happen to think Germany actually invented the automobile. Let's get Marco. He- he'll probably be able to tell us. Who invented the automobile? Was it Mercedes or was it some British dude? Let him, uh, let him, let him type out something. I think we'll talk to the Netherlands directly and just get a response right away. This is, this is fascinating. Um, but most of the inventions, yeah, they're, they're white guys because white guys are the dreamers. You know, women are far too practical to dream of the things that, that men dream of. And, and that's what societies don't advance. I mean, let's, let's be honest, folks. Most, most indigenous peoples of the world are matriarchal societies. And they stayed in the same place for thousands of years because the matriarchal societies were really, you know, comfortable and secure and predictable and agrarian and very nice and peaceful. But they didn't make any advancements. So the white guys came along and made huge advancements and unfortunately used them in very bad ways, you know, firearms and, you know, colonization and, you know, extermination and horrible things like that. But the simple fact is that superior advancements you know, beat uh, societies that stayed stagnant for thousands of years. That's, that's just history. Wars are won by technological advances. You look at the old West. You know, the, 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 the people that survived in the West had Colt revolvers. They didn't have single shot, you know, uh, flintlocks. <laughs> Technology, you know, wins wars. You know, World War One, you had generals that wanted cavalry charges. Oh, please, on horseback into what? Tanks, machine gun fire, artillery, and barbed wire. That was insane, and yet that's what happened. All right. Oh, here we go. So uh, let me see if I can. Uh, looks like uh, my instant resource here, Marco, has something for us. Who invented the automobile? Pianki, before I look it up, who do you who do you think it is? Is a British guy or a German guy that invented the automobile? I don't think we did it first. I think we missed it. Was one. a German guy? I think it was Mercedes, maybe. Let's find out. Let's see what Marco's website says and pop it in here. I'm learning how to use uh, multiple windows in the same browser window. So let's see what we get. This is live radio. Everyday mysteries. Who invented the automobile? The question does not have a straightforward answer. Oh, okay. History of the automobile is very rich and dates back to the 15th century when Leonardo da Vinci was creating designs and models for transport vehicles. Da Vinci was Italian. The Italians invented some really cool stuff. You look at Ferrari. <laughs> Italians are Lamborghini. Italians are really creative. I don't think Italians get enough credit for their, for their inventions. 
All right, so we've got uh, 1769, Nicholas Joseph Goudneau, steam propelled. Electric, first electric uh, carriage was 1832. Do you believe it? Isn't that wild? Richard Robert Anderson of Scotland. Scotland invented an electric carriage in the 1800s, and we would dispense with it because it wasn't efficient. Gasoline automobile. Uh, Carl Friedrich Benz. That would be Mercedes Benz. So I, I, got, I was half right. 1885, 1886. Uh, German patent number 37435 for the gasoline-powered automobile. Where's diesel? When did diesel invent diesel? Uh, Gottlieb William Daimler. That's Daimler Benz. That's another one. Gasoline, 1886. Yeah, and of course, I don't know. Here we go. Yeah, so, it's, so uh, yeah. white guys. <laughs> white guys have been in the car. Yeah, I don't see any Africans or Asians or South Americans in that group. When you look at Africans and Asians or Black Americans, they come along in the area of peace. Peace fries. Um. Yeah, well, here's what's about Africa, I think, in some ways, is like the South. You've got the writers, the artists, the um, playwrights, uh, a lot of the, the artistic creative force. It seems to happen in warmer places. Have you noticed that? Germany's the same way. You know, northern Germany is the industrialists. Southern Germany is the, is the, is the partiers <laughs> around Munich. You know, same thing in the United States, the, the, the northern industrial belt. You know, from Michigan or Detroit, where the cars were all across to New York and New England. Uh, that's where the, the, most of the factories, the textile mills, all that kind of stuff. But the, the writers were all down the south. Mark Twain, Faulkner, you know, all the great chefs in New Orleans. You know, all the artists were in the southern part, the warmer climates. So that's kind of interesting, too. If you look at uh, uh, Australia, it's exactly the same way, but it's opposite because they're southern, southern hemisphere. So all the industrialists are in Melbourne and Sydney, primarily Melbourne. And, and the artists are all up in Brisbane and Queensland, up north, where it's hotter. <laughs> You know, so hotter climates tend to favor artists, and, and colder climates tend to favor uh, industrial types. I just find that interesting. But anyway, point being that freedom, 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 freedom. Uh, and it's interesting, and I was talking about this yesterday with uh, Jonathan and, and Pianchi, that it's interesting that uh, the, the two dominant philosophies for politics, freedom uh, and Marxism, both came from Western Europe. So Karl Marx was German uh, and Austrian. I think Engels is maybe Austrian. But anyway, so the German-Austrian Marxist philosophy competed with the British, you know, the Adam Smith, the invisible hand of the market, you know, John Locke, you know, the, the, the original freedom writers going all the way back to Magna Carta with the British. And it's interesting that the, the wars over time that Britain and Germany have had, it's quite interesting. Uh, I, think that, I think there are parallels too. And, look at, and then, of course, let's throw the French in there too. So throw the French in. The French Revolution and the American Revolution had, about the same time, really had nothing to do with each other. Because the French Revolution was groupthink. Liberty, fraternity, equality. Well, is it government-imposed equality? That's not, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that doesn't work. <laughs> Look what happened to France. They'll guillotine each other and had horrible problems. And I love France. France is a great when place. You come down, cool. uh-huh. when, you, uh, when you talk on the areas of liberty and freedom, nobody's done it like the United States done it. Mm-hmm. So let's get to there. So let's get to the people that came here Look from me. other parts of the world where they could not express mm-hmm. their freedom. They came here, and then the British made them colonies. Now, now here's, the, here's, the, here's an interesting question for you, because I'm, I'm not as well-versed on this particular history. So when people showed up here, at what point were they always British colonies? Or did the British impose colonies upon the United States at a certain point? There's a little gap in my historical knowledge, like the French and Indian Wars. So at what point did the United States become colonies? And when did people, people start showing up here, what, St. Augustine, 1615? I think the Spanish were the first here. Well, actually, Leif Erikson, the, the Norwegian, the Viking, was the first here, way back when. 
But the Norwegians didn't set they up shop. They remanded their public schools. This, they remind me of public schools and the liberty and freedom ideas of school choice, whereas those who control public schools don't want those mm-hmm. to get away. So that's basically what happened with uh, the British, those those uh, that ventured off, and he didn't want them to get away. Yeah, there is a, there is a government supremacist move out there. It's called Marxism or totalitarian or, or dictatorship. And so government schools are part of a government dictatorship, a government supremacy. So the government is supposed to be public servants, not public supremacists. But that's in reality what they've got. Marco types electric cars and steam cars were first. Now, here's something that's interesting. You know, this great push for electric cars. We had electric cars. I just, I just looked it up, thanks to Marco in, in the Netherlands, who gave him this website. We had electric cars in the 1800s. Isn't that fascinating? But economically, they didn't work. So we, we, we didn't advance them. We had uh, steam cars, the Stanley Steamer. It's one of the fastest cars in the world. It broke steam all the land speed Yeah, but the steam cars. Yes, but why didn't? But, but they didn't advance. Why? Because the free market selected against them. The free market. We've had electric cars since the 1800s. We've had steam cars since probably the 1800s also. Since we had steam engines with trains, I know we had steam engines and cars. So, but they were selected against. Well, the, you know, the free market. You talk selected about electric them. cars. Uh huh. Look at the left, what, what they're trying to do. It remind me of uh, they're trying to force through government the leaving organic fuel vehicles for electric vehicles. Exactly. They are promoting by providing uh, subsidies to companies in their charging stations and so on, so on, so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that there is a, is a form of tyranny. Oh, sure. Because it's, it's called fascism. You know, whenever the government and the corporations combine into a, a unit, to, a, to a, a singular entity, that's fascism. So the electric car corporate industry subsidized by government is fascist. Sorry, Elon Musk. It's true. <laughs> you know, if there were no subsidies on Tesla, I got no problem with electric cars uh, as long as they're not subsidized. And the charging stations are not subsidized. And the electricity is not subsidized, you know, by government to impose, to make it, you know, somehow economically viable. That's why they're driving up the cost of oil so much. This is why the government doesn't care how high the cost of oil goes, the current government, the imposed government. Because the higher the price of oil, the better electric cars look. So they're trying to rig the economy. So if we had a free market, we already selected against electric cars back in the 1800s. So the only way, the only reason we have electric cars is because the government rigged the market for them. In a free market, I'm sure there'd be some electric cars. There'd be a novelty. They'd be nice, and people could have them. That's okay. No problem. But you can't force them on people. We shouldn't have to subsidize something we don't want. That's tyranny. Well, it is exactly what he's doing. Like you got out in California where they want to outlaw gas, uh, natural gas stoves. Yeah. See, that should, be, that, that should be unconstitutional right there. One of the things in our Australian Bill of Rights, uh, this, I should go over that. Uh, I think I'm able to do that in the, in the third hour. Josie's going to be out here in a couple of minutes. But one of the provisions of our Australian Bill of Rights is the freedom to choose your own source of energy. You know, whether it's coal, natural gas, oil, you know, whatever. Uranium, you get a little, you know, home fusion. <laughs> well, maybe not. But in other words, the point is that energy is the, the right to energy is just as important as the right to free speech. You cannot function in the society with energy, just as we have a right to travel. That's in there too, by the way. You know, so the idea that the government can impose a driver's license on you 
and restrict your travel in a free society, you, you, of course they have a right to travel. You know, so so all the, there's, there's so many rights and things that they're that not really restricting to, to travel. What they're doing is make sure that uh, you are qualified to operate a vehicle the same way we are with an airplane. Yeah, actually, I have no problem with that. In fact, I, I wouldn't mind if if the requirements for driving were actually a little stronger. Now, here's a question for you. I've been sort of debating this for a while. Who do you think would be the, the better source of, of regulating drivers? Uh, an insurance company test, uh, a local police test, or an independent government agency that does the testing? And all they did was test. You know, there was no driver's license. There was no yearly fee. There was no... Uh, in- you know, all this nonsense that they go through, you couldn't use it for child support, you couldn't use it to, for passports, whatever they use it for, whatever the government uses the driver's license for. If it was just a test of competence and only a test of competence, I got no problem with that. That makes sense. So right now, it's the Department of Motor Vehicle in each state. Well, I know what it is now, but I'm saying, who do you think would be the best place or where do you think the best place for a, a, a test of competence should be? Should it be an independent government agency? I think, agency? It's, I Local think it's pretty good the way it is now. I think it's pretty good the way it is now. Yes, you do have local, I don't know if they're local police, but they'd be dressed looking like a smoking your bear when you get your driver's test in some areas. But uh, it's pretty good the way it is now. Okay. So the pilot test is federal, but there aren't as many pilots. It's federal <laughs> drivers. FAA control the airways. You know where the airways begin, don't you? Um, yeah, pretty much, but why don't you tell me? FAA con- before the FAA, as far as FAA control, the airways begin as soon as you are no longer touching the ground. No, I think they're 1,200 feet, but that's above ground. I have to check my, my – I've zoomed no, out because you got uh, drones that fly less than 1,200 feet. That's new then. All right, we got Joseph in the line. I want to switch topics here, and I want to find out. She, she sent me something on chemtrails. And I think we should investigate that and a bunch of other things. So let's get to Josie's report, and we'll pick up our discussion of freedom, the real meaning of white supremacy, uh, as I continue with my all-white callers. I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist that. All right. Uh, here's another non-white person, <laughs> Josie. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. Now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Cossey. Yeah, welcome to the White Supremacy Hour. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Good I morning. Been following. Buenos dias. Good morning, Greg. Buenos dias. Happy Good, whiteness. Good morning, Bianchi. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> well, we've been having fun. Well, actually, this well, morning, morning, real quick. Good morning. Yeah, Bianchi. Yeah. Just to give you a real quick synopsis, yesterday uh, I was uh, talking about something that Peter Pry told us, that when the left talks about white supremacy, they're not talking about you know, white people. What they're talking about is the idea that came from you know, these white dudes back in England. 
uh, Magna Carta, uh, which translated in the United States to Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Bill of Rights, things like that. So what they're really against is not white people, but the ideas that white people presented, in other words, freedom and liberty. That's the real meaning of it, and mm-hmm. that's what I was talking about in the first hour. Although, as usual, we digress and go all over the place. Anyway, yeah. um, with that, let's bring you in, and uh, what's on your mind? Yes. Uh, well, we're going through dark times right now in our country. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, to me, uh, it's an embarrassment that the world is watching America, uh, how they are going to be treating our president. Um, I'm not worried about it. Uh, I'm praying for him and his family. Uh, there's a plan why he's allowing, because you know, you know better. You know Donald Trump is, is not going to cave for a lot of this stuff. Uh, he's clean as a whistle with this uh, porn prostitute woman. The case was closed. Um, this woman was paying Donald Trump $40,000 to the judge order, and the case was closed. Uh, this criminal are using it because, just like Daniel Ortega in Nicaragua, when uh some of the people were running against him. He went and arrested them and put in, put in these people in prison. Some mm-hmm. of these people were disappear. Uh, so we're no better than Nicaragua with Daniel Ortega, what's happening in this country. And this uh, criminal uh, mayor in New York City will pay the price. Trust my words. Will pay the price big time. Uh, he was paid a million dollars by Joe Soros to create all this. Um, but they're not going to get away, Greg. Uh, we have to trust the plan, and we patriots know exactly what's coming. Uh, we were told to be patient, pray, pray, pray. Uh, I put a thing in Facebook this morning. Uh, we're not supposed to get violent. We're supposed to just pray uh, for each other, encourage each other in this country. Uh, because the the criminals think uh, uh, that they are, are going to harm Donald Trump, and they're not going to. It's going to be the opposite. This will open the doors so we can come and arrest Obama, Bush, and Hillary, okay? Because uh, for years, these people have been so corrupt, and, and Biden, of course, uh, he will be arrested too from all the criminal uh, money that he's been getting from Ukraine, from China, and from other countries. Uh, because Donald Trump knew that his taxes were clean as a whistle, and he fought and fought and fought back until they brought him all the way to the Supreme Court and they didn't find nothing wrong. And the same thing is going to happen excuse <clears throat> me, with this. And uh, I'm calling it uh, that all this is well organized by the intelligent military with Donald Trump to go. He's he's willing to be embarrassed and and do this so the world can watch, and then they turn they're going to turn around and they're going to arrest all these people, and it's coming, and that's what we're hoping for as uh, as patriots uh, standing for Donald Trump. Okay, let me give you an alternative point of view. Um, so I wanted to uh, to get that out there. I think just the opposite. 
I think that uh, because the people that you've told me that are sort of the architects of this plan, they're all government. If I were planning a, a psychological operation known as a PSYOP for short, if I were planning a PSYOP to keep a whole bunch of conservatives quiet, I would tell them there's a plan. Sit back. Be patient. Don't get rowdy. Don't take too much action. Just sit back and wait patiently because one day all these folks are going to be arrested. One day, you know, all these wonderful things are going to happen. One day, you know, the, the military and the intelligence community and all these folks are going to get together and thousands of people will be arrested one day. And that one day never comes. Okay. I think this is just as much an operation uh, as the white supremacy falseness. I think of everything else. I think if we really get down to it, because none of these people have ever been identified, you can't tell me who the architects of this plan are. You can't tell me who's really behind it all. So my current thought is that this is just as much a distraction as everything else. This is a psychological operation to shut conservatives up in the same way that it's an operation to shut Donald Trump up with this bogus charge. And so I don't agree. I think that this is nonsense. I think that the, this, this plan is never going to happen because it never has happened. If it was going to happen, it would have happened years ago. You know, it would, it would have happened before you know, Brandon was installed in the White House. And this is why I don't believe it. And, and this, I just, like I say, it's an alternative view. I think it's designed to keep a lot of really good folks like you quiet. And I think, it's a, I think this is just another government operation. This is what they do all day. They plan up stuff like this. You know, they rig the, the, the military. They rig the intelligence. They rig the communications. You know, they, they control the media. They control the, the social media. They control all this stuff. But if you look at it objectively, when is the day that comes? Considering everything that's happened, it's already too late. So this mass arrest that, uh, that the plan calls for should have happened, you know, when the Brandon electors were put over the Trump electors back in 2020. That's when it should have happened. It's now 2023. It's three years late. Yep. That's why I don't believe it. I, I, don't think, I, I, don't, I think it's I a government operation. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I understand your thinking way, and it's okay for you to think that way because uh, you don't know exactly what's happening. And so is many people. And uh, the black community that hates Donald Trump are like, oh, my God, they're like in stitches. Like I was doing my nails a few days ago, mm-hmm. and uh, we started talking. Uh, I started talking to these two black women. I asked them, why are you still wearing the mask? I want to know mm-hmm. because I report I'm on the radio, and I would like to know, and I would like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I asked both of them, and they say, well, uh, it is because we don't want to catch COVID for coughing around us, and we're just afraid that we don't want to catch anything. And then they told me that they were fully vaccinated. So I said, so why are you afraid if you're vaccinated? Which, you know, we know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. But one thing led to another, and she got louder and louder and louder talking about in uh and then I kind of like shut up for a minute thinking, what am I going to say to them? <laughs> and uh, I'm, you know me, I'm feisty. I'm not going to leave it alone. I do know you. That's so why I you're on the show. Let my toes get... <laughs> uh-huh. So I went and let my nails dry for a little bit. And then she was having a cute color done in her nails. And they're from my church. Uh, I don't know if it's like a Pentecostal. I, I don't know. Or oh, non-denomination, she told me. <clears throat> so I said, oh, that's cute, the gel that you had on your toenails, blah, 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 blah. And then she was kind of sweet to me because she knows that I'm at Ruth Uniform Shops. And she said, oh, I've been to your shop a long time ago, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I said, yeah, come and see me. And then uh, somehow we started talking about uh, tr- oh, the vaccines. 
that the vaccine is they're dangerous and all that. And she said, yeah, but my, but my son, he's a pharmacist and he knows everything about it and it's safe. And I, oh, he's an expert. I said, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's an expert. So I said, when the truth come out, you come and see me at Ruth. Okay. And then <laughs> she kind of like, didn't like that. Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told her, I told her about my girlfriend. Uh, she's not doing well at all with black clots yeah. in her lungs and all that. I explained a lot. But then when I told her that Alvita King, Martin Luther King, I don't think she knew who it was, and I explained to her that she encouraged mm-hmm. me to vote for Donald Trump. She said, that's it. I'm done with you. You're without white men, the men that bought prostitutes, and I can, I can hardly wait for him to be in handcuffs in New York City, and it's happening, and we're celebrating. And she goes, and aren't you going to go protest for your white men? And I'm like, Wow, I said, and I thought you told me you're a Christian woman? <laughs> How can you talk like that? I well, said, uh, because it's the that's... best thing we ever had in this country. So, you know, so, you know, it was disappointing, and I was praying for them when I left, and I told them to have a blessed day because she got louder and louder, and I just wanted to leave the place. But mm-hmm. I let her know that God loves them, and they're very racist, these people. And I told him, when all the truth comes out, you come and see me at the store. I reminded her again, and I just walked out. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to compete with them screaming. And the guy from the nail place is like, what's going on in here, you know? Uh, I didn't want to make a scene because I'm not that type of woman, but I stand for my ground. I tell people how it is, and I'm not afraid to tell it. But anyway, I left, and I was sharing with my husband about it. I said, you know what? These people are so racist. They hate she was shoving in my face, this white man. And, and come to, you know, if you, if you think about it, who do they love? This white man mentally ill patient that they have in the White House right now. He's like a puppet with a little string. Walk here, walk there. Stumble around your dog. Okay, call your wife, your sister. I mean, all these Crap, and they see it with their wide open eyes and their ears, and they're still blind, blinded as a bat. And it's sad that these people have that thinking mind. So I don't know where they live under a rock. Well, but that's part of the plan. Though. Uh, but, that, that's the that's the plan. That's the yes. white supremacist myth. So the idea is that Donald Trump is a racist. Donald Trump is a, a sexist, homophobe, Islamophobe, whatever you want to say about him, Nazi. You know, it, it's impossible for a patriot, to, oh, a yeah. true patriot, you know, to be a Nazi because Nazis are are socialist totalitarians. They're leftists. I mean, Trump is not a leftist. So the first the first criteria for being a Nazi is to be a leftist. And I've got an article on that too. Yeah. But what's interesting is that what we're talking about this whole, in fact, this, 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 this goes perfectly with our topic today, that the myth mm-hmm. of white supremacy, what they're really after is the, is the idea that uh, the, the supremacy of the idea that we're individuals, that we have individual rights, that yeah. freedom is paramount, that it's liberty, that's the real supremacy. It's, it's, not the, the, it's not white supremacy by skin color. It's supremacy of, of the people that brought freedom to the world as an ideology were white guys. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is that the, the psychological operation, the psyop, if you will, is to is to take the fight against individual rights and freedom mm-hmm. and liberty and call it a fight against racist white people. So this is what it's all about. So it's the reason shame. these folks, yeah, it is a shame, but this but it's a psychological operation. Now you're not going to let me say this, yeah. but I think it's it's I think it's very similar to psychological operation that's going on to keep conservatives quiet, saying there is a plan and everything's going to be fine. Just sit back and wait. 
I think the last thing you do, and uh, the one thing you don't do in freedom, is sit back and wait. So, so here, let me give you a tough question. So, what's the difference between these folks who have been brainwashed to thinking that the mask will stop COVID when it won't? It actually encourages COVID. It actually breeds COVID because you got a nice, warm, moist environment and a nice little webbing in front of your face, and uh, you know, and it, it, so you deplete your oxygen, you increase your carbon dioxide, and you you grow a petri dish full of all kinds of crap in front of your face. So that increases your disease. So that, that's just logic. And yet they're wearing the mask anyway because their fear overrides their logic. Same thing with the, quote, vaccine. It's not a vaccine. We know it's not a vaccine. We know it's not safe. We certainly know it's not effective. Well, it's very effective in one thing, death. <laughs> that's what it's effective in. You know, I don't even think so, the chairman so of Pfizer has even taken. What's that? So ask the question. I'm waiting. So, the, so oh, what's God, the difference between them wearing the mask? So, blah, so blah, in other blah, words, blah. so in other words, the myth. Yeah, that whites, hold on, Pianchi, believe me, I'm going to give you a chance. But the myth between uh, what the left really intends, which is to say that the supremacy of freedom is wrong and blaming, you know, using you know, the excuse that white people are, are racist and that's what makes them white supremacists when they're really after the supreme idea of freedom and this plan, this mythical plan um, that uh, somehow these people behind it, that uh, the military is going to ride in and the intelligence community is going to ride in and thousands of people will be arrested. We just have to be patient and wait. I mean, that's always the thing. Just be patient. It's yeah. going to get better. Just be they use that in feudalism. You know, they said, don't worry about your miserable life in the fields, you know, suffering as, as, a, as a virtual slave to the landlord, because when you get to heaven, everything's going to be great. Uh, you know, no, you need, you need heaven down here, <laughs> you know, so we need to make a better life here. And so I don't see much difference between the white supremacist myth distortion propaganda and this plan uh, that you keep telling me. I just, I don't believe it. I don't believe either one. It is okay for many that they're blinded, that they don't see it. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay. But millions, millions of Donald Trump supporters know and we trust what they're telling us. Who's to they? Trust the plane. Who's uh, they? Who's telling you to trust the, the plan? Patriots are telling us to wait, patient, trust the plan. Uh, and I believe, I believe in 2018, there was a cute drop that said the first arrest will be shocking to the world. When? And, what, are, and, what are they waiting for? And, and this is, so this is a real plan. No, no, Look, no. they've got Trump going okay. up on a bogus indictment. You've got a fraud in the White House. We know that. You've got all these we people who have been arrested by the FBI for no reason whatsoever. When are they going to start? When is this plan going to start being put into place? Well, you know, Greg, you asked the question about when, the same way people ask when is Jesus coming back. No, that's a totally different question. No, no, that's after you ask him when is this going to happen. Yeah, exactly. You ask him when is this going to happen. It's the same way people ask the question when the rapture is going to happen. I've seen people gathered up on the Mississippi River, all dressed in white all faced in one direction, and something was supposed to happen to the whole group. The time of the hour came and passed, and nothing mm -hmm. happened. They went home. How about that? Comic well, Kahootek was supposed know. to do that, too. <laughs> we don't know the time or day when Jesus will come back, but we have to trust and believe because God says on, in his word, blessed are those that believe without seeing. So we have to be patient. We have to wait for Jesus to come. 
but Donald Trump is not Jesus, but Donald Trump is being used by God and the intelligent military is behind him 100%. And it will happen. And you will take me to Red Lobster to eat when all this comes true. And it's we haven't made a bet soon. yet. I'm, I'm, I'm not betting well, you. I'm just saying I'm you're wrong. but I'm making it. You can make it all you want, but uh, I'm going to win this one anyway. No, see, see, the, the, no, there, I don't think there is a plan. I don't think, I'll tell you why. I don't think there is a plan. There because if, a plan. There really was, if there really was a plan, if there really was a plan, they would not be letting this go on. They would not have let the election be stolen oh, yeah, from Kerry Lake. No, they don't have to. Yeah, they have to. You know, see, yes, see, 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 all these Republicans are being convicted with no evidence whatsoever. They've been thrown in jail. You know, if there really was a plan, those people rotting in the D.C. gulag wouldn't be there. They wouldn't be political. I know. Because if there really was a plan, th- what's going on today would be intolerable. See, I don't believe there is Let a plan. Let me ask you. I think, I think well, it's just a way. It could be a plan, I think it's just a way to keep conservatives like you who believe in the plan no. quiet. No. It's about suppressing you. Let- That's what it's about. Yeah, but hang on for a second. It could be, it could be a plan. Cause why did Donald Trump go to New York? He didn't have to go. He didn't have to go. They should have come and arrested him. His lawyers told exactly. him not to go. Apparently, You're absolutely I was watching right. on the news. You get the, said, you get the point. Mm-hmm. Greg, he shouldn't let have gone. Me ask you. Sure. Do people exactly? We know or no? Do people suffer and die and go through go through darkness when they're in the middle of war? Yes or no? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So this is, this is exactly what we're going through in America. We're going through a war mm-hmm. against our own people, mm-hmm. running our country with our own money, but it's going to come to an end once and for all. And we were told they've been planning this for more than 30 years. They have chosen mm-hmm. Donald Trump years ago, and mm-hmm. he agreed. And they check all his background about all his lifestyle, drinking, smoking, women, everything. And they chose Donald Trump. And this is so, what we were told to all the patriots. Who told you? So, who, who's, who told you? I need to know uh, any names. Mike Flynn, uh, Len Wood, Cindy Powell. When we go through our, our different rallies, we were told that Donald Trump was chosen Actually, God is behind him 100%. So when you are at war, you do not tell your enemy what moment are you going to come and, and, and hit him or arrest him or come and destroy them. And this is what's happening to America. The Democrats know the game is over, and they're desperate to find anything to hurt Donald Trump in our country, but they really are hurting our country, not really Donald Trump, because Donald Trump is not afraid of them, because if he was, he won't be going to New York City, like Bianchi just said, and turning himself in. This is all a big, a big plan, and you have to put your thinking cap. If he was guilty, he will have them come and arrest him here in Florida, and a lot of people are believing the show that is going on with Ron DeSantis with Donald Trump. It's all a game. It's all a show up front right now. So so George Soros and the other criminals can approach Ron DeSantis and, and, and offer him millions and millions of dollars to be against uh, the, the conservatives, the, the President Trump and all that. But they're friends. They told us not to worry about this. It's all up front. 
what's happening right now to fool these criminal uh, Democrats. And you will see, and we can hardly wait. How, how are they being fooled? 90, <clears throat> because I think it's true, everything that is happening. Donald Trump is not caving in for them. No, they're not. And I know our patriots are suffering in jail. I true know that because I know. I know a lot of details about them being told to me by, by Ashley's mom, by uh, Mariposa, that she was in jail herself. Hopefully one day she will come as a guest with us. Uh, <clears throat> the, plan, the plan is real. You're still and talking to Ashley time, Babbitt's mom? Know, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, in, cool. in Mariposa, she was in jail for 45 days, which I've been trying to bring her in. And a lot right. of media are inviting her. And she said, no, 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 not yet. And I okay. go, when you're ready, I want you to, I want you to come to our show. So she yeah, that'd be great. she would when she's ready. Yeah. Okay, that's fair so enough. Let's give her all, time. All, so, and we, we, we message each other all the time now. So mm-hmm. I invited her to come and stay with us if she wants to come to the beach, to Pensacola and all that. So <laughs> hopefully she'll come and I'll learn more about what's going on. Uh, but all I'm putting is my full trust in Jesus Christ first. And then God is using Donald Trump to finish and destroy this cabal once and for all. And I learned through some of the people talking about it um, that the banks, the reason the banks are collapsing and all that is because Donald Trump is shutting down all the cabal's money. They're taking it all away from them. And that's what's happening. And uh, we are going to be in a good situation when Donald Trump's returns. Uh, we're going to take all the money that these criminals have been stolen in D.C. and throughout the world for years and years and years from taxpayers like you, like me, like Bianchi, and many listeners paying taxes in this country. Uh, we were told that every American, real, true American, not illegal because they're going to be deported away, uh, we're all going to get $100,000 to start circulating the new money that Donald Trump will introduce. Uh, I hope that's true. And this, is, this was told to me by uh, my husband's cousin that he's very close with Mike Flynn and uh, Gene Ho, uh, photographer that's running the magazine, George. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that all of it is true, and uh, I just have to trust that it's true. But this this big thing in New York City, we're not afraid. We're not worried about it at all because it's all going to come out so Donald Trump can reveal the whole truth about everything. What do you think they've been after him, uh, Mar Largo and everything? Because they can hardly wait to get their hands on that flash drive that Donald Trump has that Putin gave him inside this big soccer ball. He handed the ball to him. And inside there's a flash drive with all these important details that Donald Trump wanted. And, and that was the only way that Putin gave it to him inside that ball. He couldn't hand it to him so people, because, you know, there's always reporters and somebody's there witness uh, what's going on. So they're after that flash drive like human believe. That's why they came to Mar Largo. And President Trump knew exactly controlling Space Force. And that's what we we know about. Um, So all I have to do is pray and pray and pray, especially for his family, because he has decided to willingness 
go through all this suffering that these people are humiliating him in our country, first time in our U.S. history as a president to do what they're doing because they are criminal, they're desperate, and they know their game it's over that they've been playing for years and years against the American people. Yeah, and, see, I think uh, just the opposite. Encourage... It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great it's argument. Okay. Uh, I disagree with it because if this plan were really serious mm-hmm. about saving this country, they would never have let the 2020 <laughs> election be stolen. They never would have let those Brandon electors uh, get to taken over by Mike Pence. You know, Mike Pence would have been arrested. Uh, all the things that happened, January 6th would have been a proper, we would have had a counter January 6th media campaign, campaign in Congress, and everywhere else. And the truth would have come out. The Republicans would have held their own January 6th committee hearing, even if they had to hold it off the Capitol. Uh, they would have done that. That's if, it, if, it, this were, if there really were a plan, this is what would happen. Now, I heard Sidney Powell at a conference say specifically, you know, there are no military tribunals. This isn't going to happen. This is a bunch of nonsense. And so I don't believe this mm-hmm. for a second. I think this is a way to keep conservatives yeah, quiet. Yeah. You know, because, wait a minute. Let me, finish, let me finish this. Let me finish, hold on, Pianchi. Hold on, Pianchi. Let me finish this because this is really critical. That this is just as much a psyop as it is the whole white supremacy argument. That white people are bad and they're trying to suppress, you know, everybody else in the world. That white people are oppressors and black people are victims. You know, and this, this whole nonsense is being perpetrated. And this is, I think, is just as bad. And there's a whole bunch of conservatives that are not active, that are not protesting, that are not getting out there and doing what we're doing here at Action Radio. You are actually, you're kind of like straddling the, the, the two ideas, whether they're sitting and they're waiting and they're hoping and they're praying that someday this is going to change. Well, someday's not going to happen that way. This plan is to keep conservatives quiet. It's not even a plan at all. I don't believe it. I don't think there's anything to it. I think it's dangerous because if it really were a plan, if it really were a plan, it would have been done three years ago. Pianchi. Well, blacks never believed there would be a black president in the United States either. But that's a totally different. That's a, that's a completely different issue. That that's got nothing to do with what we're talking no, about. It's I mean, not, it's true. No, it's what you're what you're saying not. is true. It's a it's a, it's a idea that a people have. They never believed so, it would right, be well, a black president. All right, let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at it. So, so if black people didn't believe that there would be a black president, that you always could have a black president simply by electing one. So, so was the belief that, that Americans wouldn't elect a black president? There, there, there was no reason to believe well, that. Well, they believe that whites ago. would not elect a, a black president. They know that they don't have why the not? numbers to elect a black president. Why not? Why, why wouldn't whites elect? Yeah, but why wouldn't? Oh, okay, so, so how, many, how many black people have been, how many white votes have gone to black candidates, and when did they start? Had it been a while ago. Well, you look at your first black female that ran. I think it was Shirley, Shirley Chisholm uh-huh. back at what back in the seventies. So no, people have people have these beliefs, just like I put in the chat room. You had British settlers that believed that uh, the passage out of Jeremiah mm-hmm. was God was talking to them. They therefore will I cast you out of this land? Well, they were cast out into a land that you know nor neither you nor your fathers know. So those are the beliefs that people have. You can't dismiss them because many times uh-huh. either all portions of it comes true. Well, I'm just saying that this plan of Josie's, that these mythical people are going to somehow you know, ride in on white horses and, and arrest thousands of people, I just don't believe it. I don't believe it's a plan. I don't think it's in operation. I think it's a way to keep conservatives quiet. I think the plan, the real plan, Did is conservative suppression. The, the meeting that was held at Jekyll Island? 
Well, I've actually been to Jekyll Island. I've seen where they did it. Uh, back in my, my law enforcement training for customs, uh, I actually had dinner at Jekyll Island. So I, I know what happened. I've seen the place. Yeah, but you wasn't having dinner at the night that that meeting went on. No. No, do I believe the okay. meeting happened? Yeah, because we have a Federal Reserve. So what's your question on that? Yeah, but before there was a Federal Reserve, it was speculation. It wasn't Well, the true, true. speculation. It didn't came true. It hadn't came all, to resolve yet. All the Federal Reserve did was transfer our money from U.S. dollars to private banks, which is illegal. It's unconstitutional. We haven't had a legal money system since 1912. And it's not each a belief society, system. A usually the military, in each society, by the way, usually the military is the final authority. If you look around the country, I'm sorry, not uh-huh. the country, around the world, you see yeah. where that has played out. But that's not the final authority in the United States. The United States is, is based on, on civilian authority, not military. Military has no political well, authority. And well, can't. You got Otherwise, you have a military in, dictatorship. You got, people in the, you got people in civilian that claim that the police and authority don't pay them no attention. So the, if the people mm-hmm. tell in the, that the military pay the people no attention in their use of authority, then there's nothing you can do about it, right? What did Joe Biden say? We got tanks and F-15s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The reason that we have gun laws that are unconstitutional is because they're enforced by government guns. So my solution is to disarm the government, disarm all the entire federal bureaucracy, all 287,000 of them. But that doesn't seem to be catching yeah, on. The answer to, uh, to the, the tyranny in Washington uh, is not you know, tyranny by the military. You know, by the by the Mark Millies of the world. The answer is that good people rise up, demand the laws that we consent to be governed by, and we have the mechanism here to do that. You know, but the thing is, people aren't doing it because they don't have the willpower yet to do it. And I don't know how to move that. I mean, we've got all the ideas, we've got all the bills, we've got all the things, we've got everything in place for a nice peaceful There's revolution. There's always now, now just what you said, and I'm not arguing with you, but just like what you said, there's always an excuse why something don't work. You mm-hmm. say because people don't have the willpower. Well, what do you think is, is the reason? Why, not, are people so tolerant? Why are people tolerant of this tyranny? I say because they don't want to. They don't want Eventually. to Eventually. <laughs> they don't want uh, to go along with the plan. Somebody's plan. Are you saying people don't want freedom? Greg. I think most people, yeah, well, of anyway. Of course that's they want argument. freedom. So, yeah. so what's but the objection to? to yeah, okay, please do. Well, no, not everybody oh, don't want freedom because the slave narratives was slaves spoke against freedom. Well, I'm sure. Well, I mean, people, you look at the Matrix. People love living in their their blue pill world, but that's a different story. Let's get Josie's point. This is her report, Josie. I wanted to make a point uh, since you don't believe that all this is going to happen, and it mm-hmm. will happen, and you will see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm waiting. <laughs> just think, just think about it for one. Just think about it for one minute. Mm-hmm. All these vaccines, killer vaccines, and the fake virus and all that was well organized over twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Just like the intelligent military organizing how they were going to bring down the cabal, the 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 criminals, and and this has been going on for a while. The vaccine. And we believe a lot of it was released from Ukraine from some of the bioweapon labs. 
mm-hmm. they have been releasing all type of viruses. And, and right now they've been releasing a lot, uh, Dr. Artis, uh, um, some of the videos that I've been using to show people. They have evidence with drones how they've been putting chemicals to make the children to make us sick because uh, about six months ago, the hospitals were packed to the max in, in this little area, Pensacola, packed to the max with uh, pneumonia. All these children, because see, they're not strong enough to handle the chemicals like you and me, uh, mature. And, and and these people, they planned this COVID vaccine years ago, and then they brought the virus to put people in fear. And I'm surprised you believe in this because this was this is planned long time ago. It's exactly the same thing. This is planned a long time ago. And I surprised know I believe in I'm what? impatient uh, just like. What are you surprised huh? I believe in? What do you, you said you're surprised that I believe in? Do you believe you that the vaccine is a killer and the virus is a host? I mean, it is real, the virus, but they created I never said that. Jesse, I've never said that. To kill Americans. I've said the vaccine was a hoax. I said the virus is real. The vaccine is a hoax. It wasn't needed because we have early treatment. That's what I've said. That's what I've said since March of 2020. No, I'm just making a a point that that I'm glad that you believe in all this. So it's the same way that I feel that I'm believing in what they're telling us, that they've been planning this uh, almost 30 years ago. This has been a plan uh, to take America back. And, and if you notice, if you notice when Donald Trump is on stage, he's always pointing and saying, we are going to take our country back. I didn't know our country was taken. And, and what he means is this country was taken a long time ago, a long mm-hmm. time ago, out of the hands of the American people, which that's another issue that you don't believe in state national like I do. Uh, no, because I think and, it's a bunch and, of nonsense, and, but that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's okay with me. Well, but, it's okay with me, too. I just make that point. <laughs> you know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you just have to you just have to trust me. I'm not making this up. I'm not lying. I'm a missionary Christian woman, and I have to believe uh, that they're telling us the truth. And I hope I'm right, because if I'm not right, uh, this is, this is going to be a tragic to this country. And I yeah. hope I'm right, Greg. That's all I can say um, about but I want well, to I'll tell you what, I don't you have to trust you on this. What I do, what I do, okay. though, is, is um, what I do, though, is respect you for this. Uh, I don't uh, yeah. I'm not I, I'm trying to to argue it on grounds of logic. I'm not saying that you're crazy mm-hmm. or that this makes no sense. What I'm saying is the plan makes no sense to me, because if it really were a plan, it would have been yeah. implemented a long time ago. I'm not saying that I don't have it's not against you specifically, because I know you believe yeah, this. Yeah. And you have good reasons for believing it. I just challenge those reasons. See, that's the difference. Um, And so because of that challenge, uh, it's not not a question of trusting or not trusting. I do trust you, absolutely. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on the show. But what I don't trust is this plan. A lot of people got their own opinion. Hey, that's Uh why we have uh, still have a freedom of speech. Good things. Things don't always happen at once. Joshua had to walk around the walls of Jericho how many times before he blew the home? Oh yeah, seven times. Mm-hmm. And, and there well, were and there were in Egypt for forty years. So if it was if it, if, if it was that easy, they would have walked around the first time and blew the horn. No, they had to walk around seven times. Yeah, but at least he was walking. See, mm-hmm. here's the problem I have: is that the the, the conservatives <laughs> and the patriots, not, they haven't started walking yet. They're not even walking around the wall. 
they haven't, you know, you've got a, you talked about a war going on. I absolutely believe there's a war going on, but the problem is only one side's firing. It is. The left is doing all the firing. The left is, do, is firing all, lobbing yeah, all the shells the over the trenches. The but the conservatives aren't fighting back. Firing. But the conservatives aren't fighting back. No. You remember the belt? You remember the fight between Muhammad Ali and George Foreman? Yeah. Well, Muhammad Ali wrote the Like yeah. the first okay. debate between Obama and Romney. Yeah, but he started throwing punches. Those to see what you get. Now Romney threw the Romney threw the next two debates. Romney apparently, you know, I haven't. I just should watch it again. But Romney beat Obama in the first debate. You know, which isn't hard to do because Obama's you know policies are anti-American, so he's easy to beat in a debate. He just pointed all the flaws in his policies. That's 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 a no-brainer. Anybody can do that. You know, Brianna, our, our, our teenage reporter, could do that. Um, actually, she's pretty bright. I shouldn't really do that. Uh, but here's the point, though, that uh, at least, you know, um, Muhammad Ali rope-a-doped and then fought back. I'm still waiting for why the, the, Obama, the conservatives to why fight did back. Obama, why did Obama win the first election? White guilt. No, he cheated. He cheated the first one and the second. No. See, I, don't know. Well, what, I don't know how much he's... Where is the proof that he cheated the first one? Really? Yes, yeah, I don't. I don't uh, see, they didn't, didn't have think, to cheat. They didn't think the 2020 election. Let's see, 18 when when Hillary lost, they didn't come up with all these ballot schemes and that until uh, after Obama uh, Trump won. Plus, they didn't want him to the win idea. again. They've they been playing this game for years and years and years. We did not know, but they always play well, yeah, the game where I, I can go along with that. Close. It's a close race, and uh, we got all the evidence. We, not not me, but they got all the evidence to show the world what's really been going on in America for years and years and years, including the first and second win of Obama. They have it all. They have it all. They have it as far as they have the evidence in their hands that they were telling us this rally that we had in uh, Missouri, that they have it all. That's when Donald Trump says we have it all. And he means it. And they do. Yes. Because we were backstage talking to headhunters and they were telling us that it's real. That they have it all. You know, uh, emerging countries, emerging countries, governments and even major corporations have a, I guess you can say a Bible. When January 1st, 2024 comes around, they would open it up and see if they're on schedule to whatever it is their goals are. I think it's going to happen. And, and you hear a lot, of, a lot a lot, of patriots, a lot of conservatives saying, we're going to go through darkness and then we'll see the light. Uh, and that's why they continue telling us, prepare with plenty of food, plenty of food, plenty of water, plenty of your meds. We should do uh, that anyway. <laughs> That's just a good idea. Yeah, hey, let me ask true, you. Like uh, let me ask you another question. Wait, Let's wait, change wait. subjects. All right, go ahead. Finish this one. Then wait, I got wait, a wait, different topic. Finish. All right, go ahead. Okay. We, go ahead. We believe we believe that uh, uh, we're going to be shut down for ten to twelve days uh, for everything to be revealed to the American people. And mm-hmm. can I can I say quickly another little sure. story I had about New York City? No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was reading it last night. Uh, a hardworking black man was walking. Uh, it's not a joke, but this is a, little, a story I was reading. Uh, he was work, He was walking uh, in a garage parking and saw this black man, another black man, uh, breaking windows and stealing things from people's car. 
and this uh, parking inside this parking garage. So he told him to stop, and uh, the guy started shooting him. He shot him, I believe, four or five times in the face and in the head. Mm-hmm. And somehow the other black man, he wrestled him and gun and shot him back. So the New York police finally came, and uh, they arrested the good guy. And he's, he's with handcuffs on his leg in the hospital, mm-hmm. <laughs> bleeding to death, and, and both of them. So we're doing things backwards in America. The criminals are walking, and the good people cannot defend themselves. And they both are shot, period, this man. But the guilty one is the guy that owns the gun, which is the criminal. And they're uh, accusing the good man for defending himself. And he's in a hospital bed uh, with a lot of bullets in his face and head. I hope he survives. But, I think uh, he will. I've seen that story. You know, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. I, I saw that. The good man. It was Barr. What did you say, Bianchi? You know what? It was Barr, present day Barr, who brought charges against the good man, the good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Barr, Attorney General? This is, he's not in office right now. Who are you talking about? Barr, the guy that's uh, prosecuting Donald Trump. What's his name? Donald Trump. Alvin. Alvin Bragg. No, it's Alvin Bragg. Bragg, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bragg. Okay. Bragg was the one yeah, who was the, that prosecuted yeah. the good Samaritan in that incident. All right. So here's what I know. I saw the story just before the show this morning. And so the person was uh, okay. the, the good guy was a parking lot attendant. He, he worked hard. Uh, it was no, it's actually was on Tucker Carlson last night. I got a replay this morning. Um, and so he was talking about this guy. He's in, and he had a picture of him in the hospital bed with a bunch of electrodes on checking his heart. He got shot four times, once in the head, three times in the body. Uh, and he was basically he yelled at a person who was uh, I don't think it broken windows, but was looking in all the windows looking to steal stuff. And so and the, the perp had a gun shot our good guy uh, four times, and somehow this guy managed to wrestle the gun from him and shoot him back. So they're both injured. So what the police do is they arrest the, the parking attendant, you know, worker, and uh, the, the Alvin Bragg, district attorney, charges him with unlawful possession of a gun. Well, he didn't charge the criminal who owned the gun with unlawful possession. He charged the person who, who stole it to save his own life and then shot him with the, shot the perp with, with the perp's gun. So this is a this is obviously this is about what insane. we've seen before anarchy. It's insane. It is insane. Okay, so so the it plan like, should be so so why why is Alvin Bragg still the DA? How come he hasn't been arrested for prosecutorial misconduct? Because that's the mentality of the people in New York. You got people Wait a minute. that don't it, believe you have a right to defend true. yourself. Yeah, but you see, but if a Manhattan district attorney can indict Donald Trump, then the Florida attorney general can, invite a man, can indict a Manhattan DA. I mean, how come Ashley Moody, and this is in my plan, my plan. You know, well, you have says, the right to wait, do hold these on, let me things, finish. but they won't Let me do finish. It. Let me finish. My plan is that Ashley Moody indicts or holds a grand jury hearing on Alvin Bragg for prosecutorial misconduct and have an indictment on him and bring him here to Florida to stand trial. That's what they should do. See, Republicans don't play. They don't, they don't act. They, do, they just sit back and say, well, this is unfair. This is not playing by the rules. This is unprecedented. And they sit there and whine like little wussy babies. They don't actually do anything. You know, I talked earlier in the show about a constitution yep. zone around Mar-a-Lago with the Florida National Guard, with a no-fly zone above it, you know, keeping out New York officials and everybody else, you know? And so there are ways to fight back. Let me see, ask you Republicans a question, don't Greg. fight back. 
they don't fight back. Okay, go ahead. Answer your question. Sure. You there in Florida. You know mm-hmm. what Tallahassee is. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go to Tallahassee and talk to your attorney general and tell them to do that? Well, I wish I could. Because I would they're not could. listening to you. I know they're not well, listening yeah, to me. That's can, part of the problem. You can travel to Tallahassee and go right up in there and tell uh-huh. him this is what he should be doing. They're not, they're not, she's not going to see me unless I – no, I'd love to talk to the Attorney General of Florida, and I'd gladly do that. But there are people that know the Attorney General and know me and are not connecting us. So for whatever reason, I don't have access to, to the Attorney General or the governor for that matter. And there are people that know me and hey, know the governor. You get out there in the front of the, his office and walk back and forth with signs. Pick it. But I don't do that. I'm not a protester. And I shouldn't have to do that. I can do it by phone call. I can do it by Zoom call. I can be much more articulate, much calmer, much more direct, much more authoritative. And I agree. It's a good, it's a good idea, but, but it don't go no further than in the minds of the person who thinks of it. Until they well, put it, it into people action. would share my article. Wait a minute. If I put this in an article, if people would share the article. It would go all over the place. But the people aren't sharing. Well, yeah, they're not, but, they're not taking my ideas and sending them. Whereas the reality is they don't, at least not enough. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I'd love to talk to the attorney general. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know, as the show gets bigger, I got to break through the censor first. Once I can break through, once the show gets big enough, the attorney general will talk to me. That's where we need to be. We need, we need a much, we need millions of, and I'm talking seriously, millions of listeners. And there's no reason we can't have millions of listeners. The show's certainly good enough. The topics we talk about are, are on the cutting edge of everything. You know, so uh, so that's the so you know, if I can break through the censorship, if I can get the cooperation of people to help the show and me uh, to reach the Attorney General of Florida, or at least center my article, then things will happen. And we've got the best ideas. You you will get. We just don't. uh, Don't worry about it. It's coming. I know it's coming. You will get famous. Yeah, you will get famous because. Yeah, you know why? Because a lot of these media. It's going to disappear. People are not going to trust CNN, MSNBC, ABC, or they're going to vanish because they're criminals. They're going to show proof how they've been taking money from Soros, from Bill Gates, from our government uh, to be against the American people. They don't report the real news, only what they want for you to know. And Mm -hmm. they're all going to be gone. Including the CIA, FBI, they're gonna—they're not gonna exist no more. Yeah, they're gonna have go new. Uh, yeah, yeah, we have to—we have to get them out. The—the the most criminal, the CIA, FBI, and they've been going on for years and years and years and years, more than a hundred mm-hmm. years. This is—this is criminal, and we cannot continue paying these people with our heart sweat for them to be abusing our system. They're supposed to be working for us. Mm-hmm. And they're not working for us. They're well, working you know, for the criminals. They're against the people. We're going to get everything them out. Will happen in, everything will happen in its own time. To speed yeah. it up and make it happen when you want it to is a whole different story. Which that's what I'm trying to do. But I'm, don't forget, I started this back in 2014. It's not like we, I just woke up this morning and said, oh, Action Radio, that's an interesting idea. Now, <laughs> this has been in the works for quite a while. Um, but the thing is, fame, it's interesting to talk about fame, Josie, because fame to me is an essential component, in other words, to have the effect that we want. I don't want fame just to be famous. I don't care. 
You know, I need fame no, I'm not to make us more that. effective. Yeah, I need, but I just want people to understand. It's not so much for you. It's for people yeah. listening. We need fame. We need to. We need public recognition. We need to be huge simply because we need the numbers of people uh, to be able to have the impact that we have to change the laws. So that's why we need the fame and the recognition and the the, the millions. Yeah, you're and the right. Million we don't listeners. need fame. We we want the truth out, and and mm-hmm. you have a way here that people can express themselves and write a bill. And you help me with mine, and yeah, still uh, it's there. easy to write still a valid. bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we I just want it out there for uh, so people to there's know. One I should have done, yeah, there's one I should have done a couple months ago on, on banning drug advertising that uh, uh, Judy Mikovits had a hand in, and uh, Linda, one of our listeners, did. Um, I'm not going to say her last name unless she comes on the air again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and I need to, to put that one out there. So I'm so far behind my legislating because I have to do all this, this bureaucratic nonsense and promote the show. You know, because I have to, you know, there's a lot of things I have to do that I would rather, I'd rather spend my time working with the legislation, but I can't. <laughs> you know, they don't well, have you, know uh, uh-huh. you got to do like uh, Hillary Clinton said, I have to give her credit. She said, you got to start a movement. I am starting a movement. You got to start a movement. And uh, Barack Obama organized, he's organized. He could put people over there that was good at. Uh, you know, antiquated typing. You had to put people over there that were good at cooking or frying bacon and eggs. You had to start a movement, then organize. We have a movement. You know, the idea of people writing the laws that we consent to be governed by, that is a movement. That's a revolution. Mm-hmm. People it is. done on a computer. It is. But it, it is well, a revolution. revolution. We are starting a revolution, Pianchi. Go ahead. The revolution, the change is when it happens on a mass scale. Uh, that's what I'm trying for. But you know what? Here's the thing. I was thinking about this too. I was talking to somebody about this recently. If we were not suppressed by big tech, if they hadn't you know, discovered us way back when I first said on March 2nd of 2020 that we've got chloroquine, we've got early treatments, that the government is just pulling a hoax. We do not need vaccines. They take at least 15 years to be proven safe and effective. I said, and we've got treatments right now that can kill this virus. That's when I knew the government was full of BS. And that's when our suppression started. And that's when the, the, the 8,000 some odd views a day we were getting way back then, you know, on our, our Facebook page went to like two <laughs> the next day. Um, doesn't mean we're not being heard. Yeah, we're being heard on about 20 tech. different podcasts. We've, we've got, we just had a new, I think Apple uh, tunes just picked us up again. So we were out there on, on, you know, about 20 different podcasts. So the word is getting out. It's just that people aren't uniting. We don't have that universal. We don't have the public figures talking about us every day. If I could be on Tucker Carlson once a week, say, hey, here's the latest in citizen legislation, uh, this would be a whole different world. Working on that, too. You have big tech and you got big tech and media supremacy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. preventing that. Mm-hmm. Well, look who's coming on the show Thursday. I don't know if you know about Ed Dowd, but uh, Ed is going to be on the show. In fact, I'm starting the show an hour late, and so he'll be on at 10 o'clock. And so what we're going to do with him, uh, I want to, he's got a book. Um, what's his, oh, let's get the title of his book here. I'm going to, I'm going to state it properly. I have to read as much of it as possible. Ed Dowd, he's the one that wrote uh, Cause Unknown. So he's the, he's oh. the Wall Street analyst. He's the one. There's a Tucker Carlson special that really, uh, look up Sudden Death. Uh, Tucker Carlson with Ed Dowd. And when Ed oh, Dowd yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a Wall Street analyst. So what he does, his primary job, what it used to be, was trying to discover up-and-coming companies that are revolutionary, you know, before the rest of the public knows about it and invest in them and make a fortune. Mm-hmm. Why do you think I asked him on the show? 
<laughs> okay. Said, By the yeah. way, I happen to know an upcoming company that nobody else knows about. You know, us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So that's the, so I'm yeah. kind of curious what he thinks of us. But that's not the main reason he's here. The main reason is to talk about his book. But along with everybody, along with all the folks that come on here to talk about their book, I always reserve a few minutes to talk about our legislation. And some of that's been pretty yeah. incredible. Uh, some, some, sometimes not so incredible. It just depends. Um, but uh, at least it's out there. And I want to get Peter Navarro back, and I want to get Christina Bob back. And they both said they would. So we, I we like need those Peter. Two. Yeah, he was good. Peter Navarro was, was yeah. fabulous because uh, he's very realistic. He's very genuine. And so he's also mad as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's funny. Um, but uh, but what, let's say Ed Dowd, who's the Wall Street analyst, who looks for companies that are up and coming. He's a numbers guy. So he noticed that there was a lot of, of deaths. And you know who, who really revealed um, the dangers of the COVID jab was the morticians and the insurance companies. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden the insurance companies had a 40% increase in mortality. Well, that's bad for business. They're not going to pay out more money. But, so they've got to change, they gotta change all their, their, uh, their fees and schedules and actuarials because all of a sudden young people are dying in record numbers. So that's a real thing. But you right? know, so Brad, yeah, 40%, go ahead. I'm surprised that the insurance companies are not out there crying more out loud. We don't you hear would their think, hush. You would you know? think that insurance companies yeah. would be the biggest backers of our vaccine product liability bill. Absolutely. They could lower their rates. Absolutely. You would mm-hmm. think, oh, you know what you know else? So I thought would it be on our side, but hasn't? The National Trial Lawyers Association. They would get billions of dollars yeah. in, in awards from big tech, which hopefully would come some to me, you know, but because uh, I, I have already wrote, I wrote my last article on Substack is about my lawsuit against big tech. I'm just waiting for, you know, trying to find a lawyer for that one. That, my, that competition I talked about earlier in the show um, where I was discriminated against because I'm a white guy. I always get, I'm, I'm always discriminated yeah. against because I'm a white yeah. guy. It just, it just happened, you know, last week. I'll tell you about that if you, if you have time. Anyway, but the yeah. point is that uh, Ed Dowd, you know, looks at the numbers, crunches the numbers, saw all these people dying. And uh, the morticians, you know, remember the died suddenly, Stu, uh, Stu Peters, when they had all the big blood clots and things? He was the one that brought that out, all right? So then all of a sudden, died mm-hmm. suddenly becomes a thing. So, so Ed Dowd comes along and starts crunching the numbers and says, wait a minute. We've got a huge amount of deaths. In fact, it's actually, uh, um, it's, uh, what is it? The people that were employed are at a higher risk of death because the, the jobs were mandating jabs. Those people that were unemployed, that stayed home, they didn't have a mandated jab. They're actually healthier because mm-hmm. there are fewer of them that were jabbed. So it's actually better to uh, take the unemployment and not work if you had a job that required you to get a jab. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah. Anyway, but I mean, I'm laughing at that, but it's just kind of ironic. But, but that's the problem. It and is. I have friends that are jabbed and I worry about them every day. You know, it's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, you know, I told you. I tried to tell you, but, you know. Anyway, so, Great. you know, uh, but he's got a huge, you know, huge following and he's really, you know, big in the news and he might take us and run with it and say, you know what? I've discovered something new and different, and that would be Action Radio. And that might be what Pianki's talking about, uh, our millions of listeners. Yeah, go ahead. You know, here's the thing with all this. The problem started when you stop educating your kids because the kids grow up to be the adults that you're trying to convince one way or the other. That's the problem. It's just like when you plant a tree. When you plant a tree – you put the guidelines or ropes on either side to pull it to make sure it goes straight. Because if once it becomes a 30-foot tree and you, it's crooked, you can't pull it back because mm-hmm. it just won't go. It has grown into that crookedness. Mm-hmm. And, and you're you trying to, to convince it. people that mm-hmm. never was educated in the proper way when they was young. 
mm-hmm. about biology and how viruses work and so on, how the government works and everything else. Mm-hmm. That's what a big problem is. Well, I figured out viruses in about three hours of internet research, and I had the whole thing all figured out, and I, I was, and I broadcasted from then on. So, so between March, between February 25th, when Bill Gertz was on the show, that was a Dr. Peter Pry invitation. We had Bill Gertz, national security writer for Washington Times, told us about the Wuhan lab, February 25th of 2020. February 27th, I wrote a bill saying that this is a bioweapon, that uh, the Congress can only spend half the money on a vaccine. The other half has to go to early treatments because I know they work. We had the DDRO study. They need to study this in, in the labs and see exactly to what extent this is a bioweapon. They need to find out exactly how dangerous it is and how to kill it. That, and that was February 27th. This is, this is still two weeks before 15 days to slow the spread. March 2nd, yeah. still a little less than two weeks before 15 days to slow the spread. We said we were talked about chloroquine, elderberries, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we didn't think it was that big a deal. Yeah. Josie, you were on that show. You called in. And yeah. like I can play it again. Mm-hmm. I might, uh, you know, it, well, it's easy to find. Just go to our March 2nd show. You know, chloroquine, elderberries, and I forgot what the rest of the title is, uh, and COVID. And we knew that COVID was, was basically an easy thing to deal with. There was no pandemic. Remember that show recently? I went, I went over all the early, early articles of COVID between yeah. February and April of yeah. 2020. Saying, look, it's no big deal. We've got chloroquine. We've got hydroxychloroquine. This is before ivermectin, right? Uh, I said, we've got, yeah. we, we got the Zelenko protocol. We've got cures. We've got treatments. They had, you know, Dr. Zelenko's letter to President Trump in April of 2020. Then he was on the show, I think, uh, I know he was on probably July. I think by August we had a bill to reform the FDA. So we already had this solved yeah. three months before the vaccines came out. We were, we were done know, with it. Yeah. And a lot of people out there talking the same thing. Have you ever heard of Dr. Sadie? A loud, and also a person yeah. by the name of Dow, Lau O Africa. You ever no, heard of Dick Gregory? I, I haven't. I these know Dick Gregory. have been talking yeah. these things forever. The uh-huh. key thing, the yeah. key problem is mm-hmm. that they don't have the ability to create that movement to the greatest extent. Mm-hmm. Well, their forces against it too, so I understand that. But I took a, I don't mind that challenge. Absolutely. But you made a good point earlier. Forces against it. Yeah. Well, let's take your point earlier, Please, which is really important. We were talking earlier. Well, you were talking about the education system and that people come out uneducated. I mean, the whole purpose of a government education is to make people stupid. It's to take thoughts out of their head. Yeah, take right. away the ability to think. To take away the ability to do reason and be creative. That's what a government education is. It's a government education, not yeah. a government education. So the, the solution, the obvious solution, is to get rid of all government schools. See, the problem is we, we have to take people that have been through an entire indoctrination all the way through high school and then try and convince them, you know, in the limited time that they're not working or watching sports or taking care of their kids or, you know, on date night or things like that, you know, the way the world really is and what, free, what is possible from freedom. What we really need to do is abolish the government schools and start day one training people that the most important thing is individual yeah, rights and freedom. Right. That's what you have to that's do. That's one reason I gravitated. Yeah. That's one reason I gravitated. That's one reason I gravitated to Donald Trump because mm-hmm. he was talking about that. I mm-hmm. never heard a president at that level in government speak mm-hmm. on that. So how come he never fired everybody in the Department of Education then? He could have done it. Congress would scream and yell. So what? Let him scream and yell. And he needs to fire most of the federal government. So here's what I'm curious about. So let's do, uh, Josie, I don't know how much time you hey, have. Hey, guys, just... replace him with something. Hey, I'm, I'm no, you don't. And remember, more, nobody wanted want to work for him. Well, let's, let's get Josie's last point, hey, and then we're going to take a break. Josie? Hey, Greg, I wanted, uh, I wanted to um, ask a lot of your audience to please pray for my girlfriend. She's like 42, and she's not doing well, full of blood mm. clots in her lungs. 
And um, okay. and and now they believe she's full of blood clots in her legs, and uh, she still believes that it's from a, a minor uh, bleeding problem and all that she had a while back before the vaccine. So they still are blinded that they don't believe it's the vaccine causing all this. So mm-hmm. I just have to pray for her, and she's not doing well at all. So I'm sorry. Pray for her, and uh, I'm praying for a lot of people in my church that they're collapsing. We're burying people every week uh, from the shots, and uh, I think people are finding out that it's the shots now. So you guys have a blessed day, and I have to get off so I can get ready. Yeah, because I want want to ask you next time, how many people have died in your church that did not have the jab uh, that were, say, under, you know, 80? Not sure, but I can find out. Yeah, I I bet you it's the majority of people that are dying from the jab, you know. All right, Jesse, take care. Thank you very much. Appreciate your Yeah, Be careful, Jesse. Bianchi, bye-bye. I'll continue listening. Bye. Okay, good. So you have one more point, Bianchi, and then I want to take a break here for a bit and come back with some articles and things. Well, it, it it all goes back to the same thing, is that uh, if you have, you know, you have to have so many components in a great society working and for great things to happen and so people can experience great things. And a key element is the education of your kids. They're going to be your future minds. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the future you go to mm-hmm. to try to convince, explain, when something starts going astray like we have now. Yeah, but, but the problem is kids are, kids are coming out of school Marxists, and we have to convince them, we have to take them back to being Americans. See, that what we should do is have kids you coming out of school You see all the kids that was marching in Nashville? Um, yeah, they were talking about the seven dead as opposed to the six. They're talking about gun reform. So in other words, they don't know and understand that there's a constitution with the Second Amendment. They don't understand right. that. They think right. that the government can stop and take all guns, whatever. They don't mm-hmm. understand it. Why? Because they wasn't educated to understand. Exactly. That. Oh yeah. No. The, the the the. But this is also the fault of conservatives that have not defunded the left. So they're, they're just as guilty because they're in on it too. There's, there's a deep state. There's a cabal of big government that wants a government education system. Otherwise, we wouldn't have one. So you've got to figure everything's by design. Everybody approves the things that are happening, those that have that kind of control. Otherwise, we wouldn't have them. You know? And so this idea of, and as we've said, as I explained as plainly as possible, that the right is constitutional law. The statutes of gun control are statutory law subordinate to constitutional law. And that's what makes no gun control law constitutional. Because the Constitution says absolute right to keep and bear. I wish they'd use the absolute the word absolute. I guess they assumed it was there, but they should have said absolute right. To wonder why come they don't. Wonder why come they don't deal with the with the issue that it's the people that's misusing guns. Wonder why that's so hard to deal with. Well, because the, this. Well, look at it this way. I was thinking about this last night. How many leftist terrorist groups have been identified? How many groups have been? How many leftist groups have been labeled domestic terrorists? Has Antifa? Has Black Lives Matter? Has the KKK? Has any of the groups that are out there been labeled domestic terrorists and had the guns confiscated? Nobody's confiscating Antifa weapons or Black Lives Matter weapons. 
They only want to confiscate conservative, American, patriot groups. This is a war against freedom. This is that whole white supremacy thing. This is why they say that the, the enemies of freedom are, are white supremacists. They think that white people are superior, so we have to take their guns. No, we think that freedom is superior to tyranny. That's what it's all about. And they and, want to take and, our guns and, and, and so and they can impose tyranny. And, and Black Lives Matter won't come out and say that it is black males of criminality age that's causing all these problems when it comes down. Whites well, Black Lives it, Matter, but it's, just, it's, it's really it, black Marxist then it would be minuscule. Yeah, no, Black Lives Matter is all about Marxism. You know, Antifa is all well, about it, Marxism. It just, I just use them as a, as, a, as, a, as a point. It could be anybody, uh-huh. but they don't yep. say, Tucker Carlson won't say that it's black males of criminality age that's causing a lot of these problems. 50% of the homicides, 30% of the race supported by white women. They don't say that. Hmm. No, you're right. It's a, and, and again, these groups are, are Marxists. They are designed to project you know, evil onto anybody that believes in freedom. So there's, a, there's an ideological war for freedom. That's what it's all about. All right, let me take a break, uh, and then I'll uh, get back to some other things. Um, I've got some articles. i got one that really, uh, an American thinker, that is exactly what we're talking about. Freedom is now deemed a white supremacist no- notion. And so we're going to talk, that was just written February 21st. So actually, no, last year, it's a year Can old. Can you put so that guy on your radio program? Which one? That Arthur. In oh, this article? In, uh, I don't know. I could. I could yeah. ask. Well, let me, let me get, let's take a break, then we'll read the article, and then, then we'll talk about it. So first things first, okay. it is 9.09 Standard Time, Central, <laughs> Central Standard Time, and we'll be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. 
ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. I've got uh, Marco in the Netherlands on live chat and uh, everybody who's listening in. So uh, most people still catch the show by podcast, which is, uh, I mean, it's good that you catch it, but I'd rather have more live listeners so you can call in and join us. Uh, so, uh, you know, most people don't uh, call talk shows anyway, which is too bad, but uh, this is a talk show. So feel free to come join us. Um, Marco talks about Scott Ritter. Uh, who's not a big Trump fan, says he'll vote for Trump. I'm not sure who Scott Ritter is. Uh, excuse my ignorance here. Uh, Pianchi, do you know who that is? Does that name sound familiar? Yep. He's obviously otherwise it's engaged. Not. You don't know who it is? I don't no, know it's it not. It's unusual. Just like Jill Biden wants to invite the losing team, our, which is all white, to the White House and not just LSU, who won the championship, which is all black. Wait a minute. Is he being a racist again? Is that true? He invited the white team, not the black team that won? Really? Well, if she wanted to invite both teams, which is really dumb, you only invite the winner. Yeah, you invite the, exactly. You invite Jill, the winner. Jill Biden, I would just inform, she wants to invite our and LSU. LSU is all black female team, and uh-huh. our is all white female team. They lost. And they got a good team because they beat South Carolina, which is all black female team. 
Well, the but losing Joe team wants both. You've got the teams that make it to the finals are both good teams. It's just the one slightly better on that day. You know, the the losing team in the finals is not a losing team. They're a winning team. They only lost one match in the final. Well, you don't do that in national football. You don't do that in the football. You don't invite both teams. In World Series, you don't invite both teams. You invite the, the winner. That's, I mean, that's tradition. Well, so Jill Biden not. is in some kind of politics. Well, Jill Biden, you know, is is uh, is abusing Joe Biden. Not so Jill is power. No, Jill, Jill Biden, Doctor Jill Biden, is a is a yeah. serial elder abuser. You know, the fact that uh, I still wonder what drug she's pumping into, uh, Joe, so that he can uh, do these public appearances. But that's another question. Anyway, so, yeah. Anyway, get back to your article. Yeah. Get back to your article. Sorry to pull you off. No, it's okay. No, I can always come back. American Thinker. Uh, In fact, some of the best stuff we talk about is when we get off topic. American Thinker is the first place I wrote an article back in 2014 on the American city-state. In other words, this, is, this was a plan I had to separate the, the liberal cities from the, from the more conservative countryside. So that in California, the, the city-states would be Sacramento, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, or San Francisco, Los Angeles, or at San Diego. And they'd be independent units. They'd be self-taxing, self-funding. They'd be self-everything. Uh, so the rest of the state wouldn't have to pay for them. They'd be independent. Uh, there'd be two senators from California, one representing the, the rural areas and one representing the city states. You know, uh, but people in Redding up north wouldn't have to pay for San Francisco public transit like they do now. So that was one. I did. So I'll, I'll read that article sometime too. That was kind of fun one to write. But that's the first one that got me started back in 2014. This one's from February 21st of 2022, so a little over a year and a month ago, by Eric Utter, U-T-T-E-R, Freedom Now Deemed a White Supremacist Notion. I think he's Canadian because he says he talks about Canada a lot. He says Taylor Dysart, D-Y-S-A-R-T, a doctoral candidate at Penn, that'd be Pennsylvania University, I imagine, authored a column in which she claimed that the Canadian Truckers Freedom Convoy, quote, has surprised onlookers in the United States and Canada, in large part because the action seems to violate norms of Canadian politeness. She then opined, but the convoy represents the extension of the strain of Canadian history that has long masked itself behind peacefulness or unity, settler colonialism. And then the author says, huh? And then then he says, sadly, she wasn't done. She stated the history of Canadian settler colonialism and public health and public health demonstrates how both overt white supremacist claims and seemingly more inert nationalistic claims about, quote, unity and freedom both enable and erase ongoing harm to marginalized communities. So this is exactly what we've been saying, that the false argument of white supremacy is that white people believe they're superior and they're trying to suppress everybody who's not white. The real argument, what they're really trying to make behind the scenes, is that the idea that uh, freedom uh, and and independence and liberty, which came from originally white people in Europe, uh, is uh, is somehow dangerous to their notion of tyranny. And it is because freedom directly opposes the nation of tyranny, their notions of tyranny. So what they're trying to do is destroy freedom by saying that freedom itself is racist. That's what this is. So the false argument is that there's white supremacy, that white people want everybody else subjugated. That's the false argument. The real argument is that they're against freedom and anybody that believes in it. And they're demonizing white people uh, as, as their, their target, because in actual fact, you know, white guys from England wrote about freedom. That's where it started. So then he says, sadly, she wasn't done. She stated the history of Canadian. Oh, I already read that. Then it says she added 
the primarily white supporters of the Freedom Convoy argue that pandemic mandates infringe upon their constitutional rights to freedom. Of course, that's true. But but here's the white argument once again, right? Now, the Freedom Convoy, that's what we had here in Washington. We had up in uh, uh, D.C. In fact, that's when I had uh, Jennifer Clark, a reporter in Ottawa, come on the show, who reported directly from Ottawa what was going on there. It was fabulous to have her on. She was really upset on that show, too. Anyway, so the article says the notion of freedom was historically and remains intertwined with whiteness, as historian Tyler Stovall has argued. That's S-T-O-V-A-L-L. Never heard of this person. Uh, The belief that one's entitlement to freedom is a key component of white supremacy. This explains why the Freedom Convoy members see themselves as entitled to freedom, no matter the public health consequences to those around them. Well, I'm here to tell you that freedom and independence and liberty have nothing to do with illegal public health mandates, that they are not diametrically opposed, that you can have public health and have freedom. It's not one or the other. And what the left tried to do was use COVID to say that freedom has to die in order for us to be saved from COVID. And that was the big lie. That was the big lie of COVID. Freedom did not have to die. In fact, freedom could not die because the Constitution, as Pianchi has said very articulately, the Constitution doesn't have an on and an off switch. It's always in force. Once it was ordained and established, and there's no uh, emergency clause, there's no uh, limitations clause, there's no public health clause. In fact, public health isn't even mentioned in the Constitution. There's no clause at all that gives the government the ability to restrict, limit, infringe upon any part of the Constitution. In fact, the Bill of Rights says just the opposite. It says you can infringe upon this. So the idea that we have to fight COVID by destroying rights is total nonsense. You know, it's like saying, well, we have to take away gun rights. There's a hurricane coming. Well, give me a break. <laughs> you know, these are totally separate things. In fact, freedom, freedom was the cure to COVID. I've said this over and over again. Freedom would have got the free information of the early treatments out there. COVID would have been gone in a few months. Freedom was killed, not COVID. COVID was preserved. In fact, they did everything possible. The government policy was to preserve COVID, freedom, saying that we need these public health mandates, which kept COVID alive until the vaccines could be brought in, which were non-vaccines, so they could do their bioweapon stuff. Freedom would have stopped vaccines. Freedom would have brought about early treatments. Freedom would have saved millions of lives around the world. So the idea that you have to sacrifice freedom for public health is the complete opposite. You have to increase freedom to get public health because that's the only way you get the information out there to actually have people get healthy. So this is a bunch of nonsense. So once again, the Marxists have put two things together that have nothing in common that aren't related, tried to equate them with fear to destroy freedom. So COVID was all about destroying freedom and marketing a multi-billion dollar bioweapon and mandating people take it. The article continues. She added, the primarily white supporters of the Freedom Convoy, I think I read that. Yes, this explains why the Freedom Convoy members see themselves as entitled to freedom. We don't see ourselves as entitled to freedom. We are freedom. We have freedom. We are born with freedom. That is our God-given right as a human being. God gave us freedom as a birthright. So the idea that government thinks says that we're entitled to freedom, of course we're entitled to freedom. We have freedom, and the government cannot touch it if it's a legitimate government. 
Any government that does touch your freedom is illegitimate. And again, all the freedom truckers wanted to do was to have their constitutional rights. And you can have, you know, the idea that you have to remove constitutional rights to fight a virus is insane. If the government policy is good enough, you don't have to mandate anything. If masks work, everybody would wear them. If the vaccine was a vaccine, if it were safe and effective, everybody would take it. I would. If it was safe and effective to prevent a virus, sure. But it's not safe. It's not effective. It's deadly. It's dangerous. And besides, I have an immune system. Maybe I wouldn't take it. At least I have a choice. Article says, yes, how dare the Freedom Convoy members think they are, quote, entitled to freedom. Didn't I just say that? So funny. I don't read these in advance. A lot of times I'll go over them on the air, unread, just so that I can react. It's kind of funny, my reactions. I'm, I'm curious to see how I react to what I read and then read about later in the article. This is great. It says uh, Freedom Convoy members think they are, quote, entitled to freedom. It's not as though they have inalienable, unalienable, God, I keep saying that, unalienable rights granted by the creator or something, which is, I think, what I just said. It's kind of funny. Uh, they have only the rights that the government says they have or don't have, period. See, that's what COVID was about. COVID was the government saying, these are what your rights are, and these are what your rights are not. You do not have the right to refuse. You do not have the right to refuse a mask. You do not have the right to refuse a vaccine. You do not have the right to go anywhere that we don't say you can go. You do not have the right to shop at a place we say you can't shop at. You do not have the right to go to a church unless we say you can go there. And if you do, you have to do it six feet apart wearing a mask and only for a short amount of time outdoors. Well, that's a bunch of nonsense. They didn't have any of that power. And yet they said so and people complied. Biggest problem is people complied. Should have been open rebellion in this country. I'm surprised there wasn't. Lost my faith in people. Then it says, leftists somehow believe they are entitled to determine what freedom other people have. That is absolutely correct. Let me read that again. Leftists somehow believe they are entitled to determine what freedom other people have. See, they always keep freedom for themselves. And then it says, revolting assumed privilege. Public health consequences, in quotation marks. We have seen the consequences of being locked down and enslaved for all our history, and they are despair, disease, and death. Yeah, lockdowns designed to promote COVID, not, not secure from it. Back to the article. Dysart re- referenced Stovall because his book, White Freedom, The Racial History of an Idea, <laughs> supports her insane belief that the notion of freedom is actually racist. The book, well, they have to say that. Pianchi, didn't we say that? That if, if they uh, said so that the left cannot say that freedom is a bad idea because everybody knows that freedom is a good idea. They can't say that. So what they have to say is that freedom is a racist idea. And then by implication, say that it's bad. Or, or they have to say that white supremacy, you know, is, is subjugating all people. And what they're really saying is you can't have the freedom because I don't want you to. But they have to couch it in this bogus argument. I think it's fascinating. But we've got to get it out there what the truth is. So that's what I do. All right. So the racial history of an idea supports her insane belief that the notion of freedom is actually racist. The book discusses how the Statue of Liberty, a gift from France to the United States and perhaps the most famous symbol of freedom on Earth, promised both freedom and whiteness to European immigrants. (laughs) That's funny. So Lady Liberty is racist and probably sexist. I always suspected her. The assertion that one's, quote, entitlement to freedom is a, quote, key component of white supremacy seems illogical at best. Slaves in the American South dreamed of freedom, cherished freedom, and believed they were entitled to it. Pretty sure most of them weren't white supremacists. Let's talk about that, Pianchi. What do you think? You think uh, slaves wanted uh, freedom because they were white supremacists? (laughs) I mean, that's just absurd on its face. I guess he's busy working. I'll continue. Come to think of it, 
I doubt that Martin Luther King thought he was giving a shout-out to white supremacy when he joyously spoke of a day when black people were free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty we are free at last. But as Mark Stein recently noted, I haven't heard from him for a while, physical lockdown seems to have inculcated into the citizenry a psychological lockdown that will be far harder to lift. Yeah, that's the big problem. Psychological lockdown. I've never heard that term before, but it's absolutely right. His referen- he referenced the CBC show, that would be Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, cross-country checkup, to which he said the word freedom itself is now suspect. According to Stein, the host of the nationwide open-line radio show opined, as demonstrations against COVID restrictions continue across Canada, the word freedom is on the lips and placards of many protesters, often associated with protests and rallies in the United States. The term has taken hold among protesters who are part of the Freedom Convoy, which rolled into Ottawa in late January and has become entrenched in the city's downtown. Does anyone know the temperature of Ottawa in January? It's about 20 below zero. Ottawa's friggin' cold. So the idea that these people camped out in their trucks in Ottawa in the middle of January, that's dedication. And they call this up the Freedom Convoy. So what the government had to say that freedom is a bad thing. The government actually make people think that freedom was a bad thing, but they couldn't say that freedom was a bad thing because everybody thinks freedom is a good thing because it is. So what they had to say was that these people are evil. They're white supremacists. They believe that freedom is only for white people, which, of course, no person who believes in freedom says. The whole idea of freedom is it's for everybody. Article says, for many, freedom is a malleable, malleable term, one that's open to interpretation. That flexibility, in part, has fueled its growth among certain groups. And this is from Barbara Perry, director of the Center on Hate, Bias, and Extremism uh, at the Oshawa-based Ontario Tech University. Oshawa is just outside Toronto, for those that want to know. It's also a term that has thrived among far-right groups, says Perry, one of a number of experts who say the presence of far-right groups in Canada is growing. Well, what's a far-right group? Far-right is anarchy. Okay? So what are they really talking about? Are they talking about, when they say the far-right, what they really mean are conservatives, patriots, independents, people who actually believe in freedom and the Bill of Rights, things that the left used to believe in. So there are, the far-right groups are Black Lives Matter, you know, Antifa, uh, the anarchists. Those are the far-right groups sponsored by leftists. It's kind of interesting. Oh, there's an article for Ammo here, Norma Precision. Well, that's kind of cool. Then it says freedom is a malleable, no, freedom is a malleable term or concept, question mark. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the slaves on southern plantations and those held in German concentration camps or Japanese prisons during World War II would disagree. Freedom has thrived among far-right groups, question mark again. Freedom is a far-right notion. No wonder far-right groups have grown. <laughs> it has come to this, as George Orwell knew it would. Freedom is fascist, freedom is slavery. So for those that don't remember, the three um, sayings, of uh, the George Orwell came up with for the government in 1984. Freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength, war is peace. Got that? Freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength, war is peace. And so this is why we're in Ukraine, for peace, right? You know, uh, freedom is actually slavery. You can't have freedom, it's white supremacy. You know, ignorance is strength. The more stupid you are, you know, the stronger you are. (laughs) Basically the message of the left. Then the article says, if freedom is now considered problematic by the centers on hate, bias, and extremism, no one can tell me we aren't in trouble. But many apparently do now do consider a love of freedom an example of hate, bias, and extremism. For example, students and faculty at the University of Nevada, Reno, that would be UNR, have demanded that a new mask mandate be put in place after the statewide mandate was recently listed by Nevada Governor Steve Sisolak. This is in 2022, remember, this is a year old. 
Then it says, and various reports indicate that many Democrats don't want to relinquish their masks, don't want life to go back to normal, while with the waning of the coronavirus pandemic. Oh, they crossed out pandemic. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So they crossed out pandemic or pandemic. Well, we call it pandemic because we know Judy Mikevich. Article says in urban areas of the formerly United States, particularly on both coasts, an astounding number of people seem to enjoy being masked up and locked down, seem to take pride in showing their reflexive compliance to Big Brother, seem to value being submissive and subjugated. They seemingly revel in their subjugation and thrive on being disciplined by their sadomasochistic rulers. They have taken subservience to a new and troubling level and elevated obedience to a virtue incomprehensibly to many in Canada and the U.S., that would be me, the land of the formerly free and erstwhile brave, freedom is out, passe, just another word for nothing left to lose. And that would be the song by, um, oh, who was it? Me and Bobby McGee? Oh, uh, I forgot her name. Uh, the singer, <laughs> Texas singer, uh, 60s. I'll think of it in a bit. Grace Slick's buddy. Uh, I can see your face. Anyway, freedom, back to the article, freedom is a far-right concept now, according to some. Think about that. Freedom is a word primarily associated with radical right-wing extremists and white supremacy. How preposterous and revolting is that assertion? What does it say about those on the left? What does it say about those who don't purport to value others' freedom? Note to all the virtue-signaling wokesters out there. You have the right to prostrate yourself uh, to anybody you like. You can genuflect to your government. Take a knee before a Karen. You can submit to your spouse or your dominatrix. You can subjugate yourself to anyone or anything or any cause you like. But you have no damn right to keep the rest of us enslaved as well or to even suggest that we would join you in your prostration. This is a great article. It's absolutely true. It talks about everything we've talked about. The idea that the left wants to make freedom racism. So they can say that freedom itself is bad without saying that freedom is bad. That's the whole idea. It's a false argument. I'll say it again. The argument is this, that, uh, that we have to get the, the, the equate freedom and liberty and the Bill of Rights and all our founding documents with white supremacy because they don't want freedom. They don't want you to believe in freedom. They say that uh, the rights are what we tell you rights are. The policies are what we tell you the policies are. And, uh, and, and the article's right. You want to wear a mask? Wear one. Don't tell me to wear one. I'm not going to do it. Don't tell me to get a vax. I'm not going to do it. Well, you have to save everybody else. No, I don't. I don't have to save anybody else. I have to save myself. And in saving myself, I actually will save everybody else. That's the irony. Pianki, you got a question? Oh, Pianki's gone. No wonder he didn't answer me. <laughs> I just noticed on the line. Uh, he left. That's okay. Uh, well, I'll continue on. If you want to come back, Pianki, feel free. I have more articles to cover. Oh, boy, this is kind of cool. I got the whole show myself now. I'm just teasing you. Let, I've got two more here. Uh, I've got, which one do I want to do? Defining, I'll do them both. So I want to do a show on, on woke and, and, and that kind of stuff. So let's, let's, let's do woke. And the other one I got here, the ideas of freedom, has two different meanings. This one's kind of propagandistic. Then I've got one on why they intend to gag Trump. So uh, let's, let's go through these three. So here's one from intellectual. So this will continue your, your, our topic of the day, the topic du jour. Intellectual Takeout, one of my favorite sources, has an article defining woke, W-O-K-E, which to me is the past tense of wake, but that's because I speak English. April 3rd, 2023. So this was two days ago. No, it was yesterday by Alexander Riley, R-I-L-E-Y, who says in a recent interview, Bethany Mandel, author of Stolen Youth, 
a book discussing how woke ideology is erasing childhood, was asked to define the term woke and froze. The media has particularly had a field day with this. We can be sympathetic to Mandel's explanation of the stress she was feeling in that moment. At the same time, this, is, this situation can remind us that when engaging in such conversations, having clear definitions and logical arguments is foundational. So what do we mean by woke? What I mean is tyranny by another name, by an idea that political ideology is the dominant force in society and that you have to comply with their ideology, that whatever they say goes, that whatever enslavement they want is okay, that a complete reversal of everything American and everything free and everything about our Bill of Rights and everything that makes life worth living, you know, freedom, freedom to travel, freedom to accumulate property, freedom to do all kinds of things, freedom to fly airplanes, freedom to have the beliefs that you want, freedom to uh, express yourself, freedom to practice your religion, all these kind of things. You know, woke says that you can't do that because we tell you. That's what woke is to me. Let's see what they say. What is woke? The utopian belief system of wokeism extends from a few basic tenets. Wokeists, <laughs> I didn't know that was a word. I'm learning new words today. This is kind of cool. Uh, let me just do a quick check here. Okay, I'll skip. Wokeists believe, let's get back to my article here. The utopian belief system, oh yeah. Wokeists believe that all phenomena in the human world can be fully understood according to the following schema. There are dominant, advantaged, privileged groups that exercise illegitimate and massive power over dominated, disadvantaged, and underprivileged groups. <laughs> okay? And the only morally responsible perspective is an unquenchable desire to undo these relationships of power and establish absolute equality of outcomes for all. That's a good definition. Let me make it simple as I can just reading this. It says that uh, the definition of woke is that the dominant are exercising control over the dominated, and it's up to the wokest to reverse that and make sure everybody has the same stuff, has the same power, has the same, has, in other words, equity, make everybody equal, or in other words, equally oppressed. Back to the article. In the wokest perspective, any cost is acceptable in the achievement of this goal. Special rights and privileges could accrue to members of oppressed groups because the existing social and cultural systems in the U.S. were produced to give unfair advantages to members of the oppressor groups. This is what I've said for a long time. You can't have affirmative action because that's, uh, the 14th Amendment is very clear that everybody's entitled to the equal protection of the laws. Everybody gets treated equally under the law. You know, as Hillary Clinton said, nobody's above the law. Not illegal aliens, not Hillary Clinton, not the Wokesters, not Alvin Bragg, the DA of, uh, of New York, not the people that stole the election. None of these people are above the law. Okay, that's how it works. Everybody gets treated equally under the law. That's called due process. Okay, that's not an extremist view. That's the view of this nation. That's what we're founded on is basically equal rights, not equality of outcomes, because the only way you can do that is to take from those who achieve and give to those who don't. And that is the basis of Marxism from each according to their means to each according to their needs. So in other words, whatever someone says they need, they get to take from whatever somebody else has. Well, that's tyranny. And what happens is those that get what they, they want ask for more. And those that have to lose what they've got stop working. <laughs> and then society collapses, which is this is why Marxism always fails. Because fundamentally, it's illogical and can't work. Let's get back to the article here. So it says, the wokeness perspective, any cost is acceptable in the achievement of this goal. Special rights and privileges, LGBTQ. Okay? The, nobody has special rights. There's no, you don't create you know, a brand new kind of marriage for people you know, by, by new definition. If they want to call something else, great. But we don't take the word marriage and suddenly say that it means you know, X and Y when it used to just mean X. 
Marriage is between a man and a woman, sanctioned by God, licensed by the state. That's a marriage. If you want to form another bond, go for it. I don't care. Form any bond you want with any number of people. If you want to contract a relationship with a person of the same sex, go for it. I don't care. Just don't call it a marriage because it's not. Okay? Uh, and so no one has a special right to create brand new. Uh, well, if you, want to, you know, if you want to create a new word for it, that's fine. But you can't take an old word and create a new word. You don't have the power to change the English language. That's what I'm saying. Or what we have commonly accepted as our cultural norms. Special rights don't work. You can't have freedom in special rights because that means that the special people are above the other people. This is why special rights can't work in a free society. You can never have LGBTQ rights or, or black rights or Hispanic rights or, or, or Jewish rights or any kind of rights, Buddhist rights. It doesn't matter. Nobody can have, no group can have rights that everybody else can't have because then you don't have freedom. You have privilege dished out by government and that leads to tyranny. Back to the article. Special rights and privileges should accrue to members of oppressed groups because the existing social and cultural systems in the U.S. were produced to give unfair advantages. That's what they're saying. See, affirmative action, which is a racist policy, is okay because, you know, previously uh, people were discriminated against. Well, if you discriminate against people now, like me in the competition I described earlier, uh, where because I was a white male, I was automatically kicked out of the competition. And the only people who were finalists were... uh, Minority folks, LGBTQ, LGBTQ folks, that proves that that was a racist, biased, uh, sex-biased competition. It was against men, against white people, and against Christians. That's discrimination. I don't care what you call it. All right. But it, people say that's okay because, you know, in the past, you know, white Christians had oppressed other people, which is true. Everybody's oppressed everybody else at some point. You know, the last immigrant group, uh, oppresses the next immigrant group. <laughs> That's how it works, right? So oppression rolls downhill. That's how it works. All right. So, so, so what they're saying is the ends justify the means, which is another Marxian concept. So no matter what's done to white people, it's okay because white people were bad in the past. Well, which white people? How many slave owners were there? What percentage of the population owned slaves? In the South, what? 5%? Maybe? Less? So in other words, you're deeming an entire race of people within a country for something that a small percentage did, and we even have black slave owners. So that whole argument goes out the window. But let's get it. But that's not the point. The point is not what happened. The point is what people can make you think happened. That's the point. History is not history. History is what we tell you history is so that you will do what we want you to do now. Then he said, the article says, representation quotas for all areas of life, education, jobs, and much more are necessary to address the consequences of historic oppression. In other words, the ends justify the means. We want power, and we're going to use oppression to get it. Let me think about that for a minute. People who want power use oppression to get it. How do they oppress? They oppress by saying that other people oppressed, and therefore the oppression on the people they say oppressed others is okay. So they're justifying a wrong by saying that they did it first. That's how it works. Article says, all criticism or questioning of the morality of such a worldview and its goals is harmful to the victims and must therefore be prohibited and punished. Here we go. The left's definition of woke. The above definition of woke invites countless questions about the morality of such an ideology. Yeah, I know. I've been asking them. (laughs) And it says, but of course, Mandel's woke critics neglected to give such an accurate account of their beliefs. An article in The Guardian has a typical amount, has a typical account where the author points to a survey indicating that the majority of Americans define woke as being informed, educated on, and aware of social injustices. See, that's why they use the term woke. Well, they should have used the term uh, indoctrinated, propagandized, uh, force-fed, 
mental prisoner. You know, that, that's what I, but woke implies something good. That's why I don't use that term very often. If you're woke, it's the past tense of wake. It means you have been awakened to, and it's like saying, well, you're not educated unless you believe what we believe. We talked about that yesterday. All right. So, so we, let's replace the, We need to replace the word woke with something else. I'm putting together a glossary uh, of terms. What can we use in place of woke? Uh, I need a really short word. Uh, indoctrinated is too long. Uh, brainwa- brainwashed. Yeah, that'd be bad. Brainwashed. Yeah, let's think of another one. Let's, we need a more modern term. So what would be, what would be instead of woke, let's say you are um, mentally disabled, propagandized, um, de-educated. <laughs> I'll think of something. I need to know. Woke, see, the problem with the left is they come up with really good words like gun control. Sounds so nice. We're just going to control guns. No, you're not. You're going to take rights away. Woke is about redefining freedom as bad. That's what woke is. Probably the best definition right there. The simplest one. Woke is the ability to take people and convince them that freedom is bad. Article says, framed this way, woke might sound something like a good thing, but none of the none of the fans of wokeness trumpeting this survey result seem to have thought at all about the fact that the nebulous term social injustice, <laughs> as opposed to social justice, also requires a definition. So, responding to the left definition, what precisely does this vague term social injustice mean? I thought it was social justice they were trying for. He says social injustice. Let's go with that. It says mean in woke usage. This is the question that the woke left's critics should ceaselessly ask in response to this definition. Social injustice, of course, relies on its opposite, social justice for meaning. Oh, here we go. Okay, let let me read through this. Social injustice, of course, relies on its opposite, social justice for meaning. So what do the woke mean by social justice? What would need to be done to eliminate social injustice and achieve social justice? Is any inequality in outcomes permissible? If so, what kinds and why? If not, why should we believe such a lofty goal is attainable? What exactly does society owe its members? How much of a social safety net must be guaranteed? How much insurance do all of us have to provide against the consequences of irresponsible action by any of us? How will it be economically possible to provide such resources without crashing the economy? The woke endlessly assert that history has given some people advantages and others disadvantages. Yeah, zero-sum game, right? You can't make money unless you take it from somebody else. It's a bunch of nonsense. Then it says we should repeatedly ask for proof of this claim. To whom specifically has the advantage been given, and how in specifics has it affected their lives? Well, yeah, if somebody got a job because they're white 100 years ago, well, I'm sure it happened. I'm sure it happens today sometimes places, right? You know, you, you, can't, you can't eliminate people's feelings. Well, they, they're the best qualified. No, they might have been white. Or they might have been black. You know, works both ways, right? Um, but um, there's a problem. <laughs> I think I lost my train of thought here for a second. Um, but the problem is that uh, in, in order to redress these grievances, they're rewarding people today for something that was done 100 years ago. So the people that, suffer, that actually suffered the prejudice and the discrimination, they're not getting rewarded. They're probably not with us anymore. All right. So what you're doing is punishing people who didn't do something and rewarding people who didn't suffer. That's what woke is. That's another definition. That's the, that's the social justice. Punishing people that didn't do anything to make up for something that somebody else might have done in the past, maybe, uh, and rewarding people that didn't suffer any injustice that might get affirmative action. Why would you give woke special privilege and social justice to people that already get affirmative action? That's a double benefit and a double oppression of white males. Well, we started this whole conversation today. Huh. Article says we should repeat. Oh, I already read that. Okay. 
The key here, back to the article, is to demand the woke provide those specifics. Broad and subsequently empty generalizations aren't a constructive answer. If we are to assume, for example, that white skin gives one an advantage, how much of an advantage does it give? We talked about that earlier in the show. What, you think I go through my day being white and thinking about how white I am and, and what it means to be white and how I can oppress people that aren't white? You think I see another person and go, oh, they must be lesser than me. They're not as white as I am. I'll give me a break. That, those thoughts never enter my head, except as comic relief on this show. Anyway, article says, is it the same for a white male or a white female, for instance? What is the precise formula, methodology, and evidence that allows a calculation of oppression across all the different categories and identity groups? We should do that, okay? I'm going to use that next time. Someone calls up, I'm an oppressed minority. Well, how oppressed are you? 25%, 50%, 75%? How much actually are you oppressed compared to me? How much advantage do I have as a white person? 5%, 10%, 30%? Tell me. Tell me, can I walk into a company and say, I'm white, hire me? I don't think so. And yet, that's basically what these people are saying. Well, you're white. You're going to get hired. Really? Well, how come I'm not running a major corporation by now? I'm white. I should be. If I had, if I had real privilege, all those jobs that I applied for all those years, I would have gotten. No, they didn't hire me because I'm a rebel. <laughs> I understand that now. But that's a different story. Not because I wasn't qualified. It's because I had better ideas than the boss. So, so this is what happened. Most of my employment life, one of two things happened. Either I wouldn't get hired or I'd get hired, my ideas would be stolen, and then I'd be fired. <laughs> those, those are my options. Not get hired or get hired, have my ideas stolen, and get fired. Either way, I, I didn't get the job. You know, not for lack of trying. I did. I actually tried to work really hard at jobs. Oh, well, <laughs> now I decided – then I finally said, you know what? I can't, I can't, I'm not going to make it as an employee. It's just not going to happen. Better start my own business. But the problem, the reason I waited so long to start my own business was I didn't know what business to start. And I was not going to put my life into a business that I didn't know was going to work. Didn't mean there wouldn't be challenges. Now, I didn't, I didn't anticipate three years of COVID oppression. But, um, but the whole idea of starting Action Radio really came um, from a desire to do something incredible. And I know it's a good product. I know that freedom is basically our product is freedom. Writing the laws that we, the people, consent to be governed by. Well, gee, Greg, you're writing all the laws. How can we say that uh, everybody else wants them? Well, it's very simple. The laws that people share. The laws that get to Congress, the laws that get to media, uh, are the ones we can be governed by. So I don't have to worry about it. The ones that people gravitate towards will be the ones that make it. <laughs> okay, and that, that that's when we, the people, start consenting. But the people can't consent if they don't know about it. So until we have mass appeal and a mass audience where our ideas are freely available to people, so they can consent to these laws, we'll never know. That's what I'm working on. Article C says, even once we are provided with a means for calculating every individual's position in the oppression oppressor hierarchy, the question becomes why we, people who did not perform the historical acts that advantage or disadvantage us and others, have a moral responsibility to pay for the hypothetical sins of our ancestors. Didn't I just say that? <laughs> Look, I swear to God, I did not read this article, and I do not read ahead and go, I'm going to say the same thing that the author says, so I look really cool. No, I don't do that. Anybody who knows me knows I don't do that. I just think it's fascinating when it happens, which is probably why I don't read articles in advance and, and, and love commenting on them. And then finally, the author going, huh, wow, I agree with the author. This is kind of cool. All right. So do, do we have a moral responsibility to pay for the hypothetical sins of our ancestors? Hypothetical. So in other words, if you make up a crime that didn't happen and then expect people who didn't cause it to pay for it to people that didn't suffer from this imaginary crime. It's a pretty good system. How do you prove it? You don't, you know, but that's, that's, that's what, uh, 
being woke. Uh, we should call it like wrecked. I'll think of something. Oh, I've got to pick a word here. Okay. Anyway, so do we have a moral responsibility to pay for the hypothetical sins of our ancestors? Well, how do you do that? You know, are, are, uh, you know, are the Spartans responsible for uh, killing my, my Athenian ancestors, you know, 2,000 years ago? I don't, no. Sorry. Things have changed. Okay. You're forgiven. It's all right. And he says, how, do we, how could we begin, even begin to approach such a topic? Where's the evidence that we can undo, cancel, or correct for the past? Well, you can't. Unless you can change the past, you can't correct for it. All you can do is make a better future, but don't reward people for what happened in the past if they didn't suffer the same thing. That just doesn't make sense. Then it says, finally, woke ideology is contingent on the idea that power in human society is, is a bad thing that can be eliminated or controlled with sufficient commitment and effort. Power in human societies is a bad thing. No, what they really mean is freedom is a bad thing. But woke ideology is different. It says, let's ask why wokeists believe, uh, believe that. What evidence suggests that, the, that belief is consonant with reality? And how much power are the wokeists willing to wield against the rest of us in order to achieve a society without power? Well, that's interesting. I'll have to think about that one. He, he says, in the end, wokeism reveals itself as a tyrannical ideology. But it's only by asking these questions about the left's definitions that we can demonstrate to others the danger of woke ideology. If so many people don't see social justice for what it is, then these questions need to be asked to show the truth. And the truth of woke ideology is not pretty. Yeah, I think we covered that pretty well. All right, I'm take my last break. I've got one more article here for you, unless I'm feeling ambitious and go further. Uh, this one's kind of interesting. I don't, I'm not quite sure how to take this one. Freedom means something different to liberals and conservatives. I think, it's, I think it's interesting to do that. Uh, I have a bunch of other This will be the last article today. So let me take one more break at uh, 9.53. Supposedly we have just a few minutes left in the show. One more article should do it. Let's write down break. Play my last little bit of stuff here. And, 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 and oh, where is there? There we go. Um, back in a little bit. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website right your laws so you can get your energy drink a 20 percent discount and help action radio change the relationship of we the people to our government not bad strike force is at strikeforceenergy.com that's strikeforceenergy.com start your engine Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand your ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, 
security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Okay, I'm back. Just got a couple minutes left here, so what I want to do is see if I can get some of these websites um, that uh, Marco sent me from the Netherlands. We'll start back to front here. He's going to be cut off here in just a minute. And I think I might just save that other article for next time. So the first one is, what's he got here for us? Oh, it's a YouTube. Okay, so we'll save that for later. Let's check the second one here. Uh, Pennsylvania Dutch. Okay, so let's take a look at Wikipedia, what they say about Pennsylvania Dutch. That might be interesting. Ah, the wonders of modern technology. Uh, Pennsylvania Dutch, da, 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 also known as Pennsylvania Germans, <laughs> are a German cultural group native to Pennsylvania and other American states. They descend from Germans who settled during the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries. That would be the 16th, 17th, and 1800s. <laughs> that was my 90-second warning. Primarily from the Palatinate, but also from other German-speaking areas, such as Baden-Württemberg, Hesse, Saxony, Rhineland, and other places, as well as Netherlands, Switzerland, and France's Alsace-Lorraine, all of which were fluid boundaries, you know, over the centuries. It's kind of interesting. Okay, well, that makes sense. Um, so anybody who believes in freedom, you know, welcome here. And the first website, well, it's a YouTube also. I'll check that one later, too. Okay, we'll get there. Not a problem, dude. 
I'll, I'll take a look. So in the remaining time we have here, so this, this article, I'll save it. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll pick this up tomorrow because I think it's interesting. Freedom means something different to liberals and conservatives. That might be a great place to start. So as always, I'm going to post articles that I have uh, in um, on our many Facebook pages. So if you go to uh, Action Radio on Facebook, uh, Action Radio is my page, um, and then, of course, my, my personal page. But we have Action Radio groups. We've got homeschool. We've got family law. We've got economics, we've got international news, we've got special investigations, we've got legal, we've got um, just a bunch of different groups. Now, I keep forgetting all cruise and travel, art, <laughs> you know, uh, oh my God, <laughs> we've, got an, we've got an oh my God group. We've got just, just uh, go on Facebook and just type in Action Radio in the search window or Action Radio groups and pick one. You know, but a lot of, a lot of the news that I have where it ends up um, is usually special investigations, economics, or law. Uh, or Trump 2024, or election integrity. Those are the biggest places, and our vaccine project. Now, the vaccine, pro- the vaccine project is private, so you have to, you know, that's hard to get into because I don't want people screwing up around our vaccine project. I used to have one, uh, <laughs> 5 p.m. there, yeah, okay. Um, I used to have a, a group, the uh, Dr. Zelenko Action Radio Coronavirus Clearinghouse, and we had all kinds of, that's where we introduced ivermectin before anybody else had heard about it. Um, months ahead. And we were so far advanced in that group. And Dr. Zelenko used to talk directly to people, you know, through that Facebook page, but uh, he's no longer with us. Uh, and apparently neither is, uh, as far as the health people are concerned, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. All right, that's enough for today. That'll, that'll get you going. That should give you some interesting arguments uh, on things to think about. Marco, thank you very much. I'm sure he's already off the air, um, but so hopefully they'll catch that on the podcast. And so all that remains is to play our musical selection for today. Uh, I didn't know it was that short. I might have just read the article, but I had enough of articles. That last one was pretty good. So today's musical selection, ah, there we go. I shall play that for you. Have a wonderful day. Remember our big websites, the show, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action, are um, where we write our laws, writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Um, my substack, gregpenglis.substack.com, our, our donation site, givesendgo.com slash uh, action radio. And that should do it. That'll keep it going. Let me just uh, get to our, our musical selection for today. I will see you all tomorrow morning at uh, 7 a.m. Central Time, where we kick off this craziness once again. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.